And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Tuesday edition of the Hagman Report. Today is February 27th, 2018, just one day left in February. Looking forward to spring coming. we got a great show for you today. We have so much we're going to talk about and get into from the ongoing battle of censorship that we see in the conservative media as tech companies and others are really bringing down the hammer on sites like InfoWars, the YouTube channel of InfoWars, and it is a, a constant battle that we face day in and day out. And we're going to cover how Google is purging the conservative media, but is Trump looking to investigate? Speaking of investigations, we're also going to talk about Jeff Sessions. He came out today and said he's going to investigate the uh, FISA court abuses as he is not going to let these stand. Well, this is what he's been saying. When will we see those investigations start? Welcome to the party, Jeff. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, and we have a great show for you today. We have... Anna Kate, she's going to be joining us at the uh, bottom of this hour to talk about the Trump 2020, as he announced today, uh, which many people apparently have a problem with the timing. He announced his run. He's going to continue his first term and try to turn it into a two-term president and run 2020 to 2024. And we're going to talk about that with Anna Kate, as well as uh, her show and media bias as well. Then we're going to be joined by Pastor Mike Spaulding. He's going to cover the latest... Um, from on the news cycle from the biblical perspective and then Standeo each and every Tuesday is going to take us out and we're going to be talking about immigration, the EMP threat and space wars, the future of the United States Air Force and space wars but first we're going to talk about censorship, I believe this is where you wanted to start and this is what we were talking about before the show. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about this because this is as big of a story as the takeover, the coup of um, Donald Trump and let me just take you back. Um, by the way, for those people looking for my show this morning, I, there is no show up today. I did not do a show today. And there's a reason for that that, that has um, every everything to do with the censorship battle. Because I um, let it be known. Let it be known that we are not going to take any of this laying down. Let it be known to our the people who are attempting to take us off air, that we are fighting back. I cannot sit behind a microphone and accept what is taking place. I would be a hypocrite if I sat back here and did nothing but complain. I am following the lead in tandem with others, and at the forefront is InfoWars. Yeah, and, but uh, yeah. Go ahead. Just, just real quick, what uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi wrote this piece for Infowars: Google pur- purging conservative media. Google and YouTube have advanced their attack on Infowars by removing one of the author's videos, decoding the intelligence agent known as QAnon for allegedly bullying and blocking the author's ability to conduct a live chat for 90 days, or until the appeal on the video is removed. On February 24th, Alex Jones ran a special emergency broadcast covering the unprecedented attack on free speech by 
being launched by Google and YouTube. CNN and other news outlets have continued to exert lobbying pressure on Google and YouTube to terminate InfoWars.com's entire channel by falsely insinuating InfoWars content has violated the community standards. Okay, and, and, and there we are. Now I want to take everyone back, and I'm going to be covering this in my in my morning show tomorrow morning, because, uh, f- well, first of all, let me let me back up, and and say a couple of things. When I had, when I really got into the investigation uh, of the Florida shooting, I did not realize, and I did not realize all of the. The depth of, of the inconsistencies with respect to the Florida shooting. I have been so buried in investigating the memo Obama gate that I really did not get down and dirty with the Florida shooting, the Parkland shooting. And I spent, uh, since last night, I spent a long time into the, uh, the shooting, looking at the shooting, looking at the responses, looking at the town hall, looking at, uh, uh Brian Stelter. And Glenn Beck, and that that that, uh, you know, I look. I'm not going to name call, but as far as I'm concerned, there's something really wrong with Glenn Beck. Yep, there's a lot wrong with him, and he, um, Glenn, we've spoken before. You're off the rails. All right now. <laughs> With respect to the Florida shooting, uh, and I want to I want to thank Bob and Maggie, great people, absolutely, and, and no no strangers to law enforcement. Obviously, I'm not going to give give their story out, but uh, they know what they're talking about, and, and they they really um, have a, have good insight on this. Their listeners are supporters of this program, and we thank them. And it was it was really from what an email that you sent that really got me thinking, that that had me looking at at this along with what Joe has uncovered and what uh, Alex Jones has uncovered. And, and the, the the reason I say this, again, I did not put my time into the, that investigation. All right, now the gloves are off. Now I'm going to start looking, I mean, deep, and I and I have been, but now it's, it's, it's a whole different matter. But, but here's the issue about the censorship. I have and I am in the process of assembling a legal team that will go after the very people attempting to shut us down. I'm not asking. This is not a plea for money. This is a plea for prayer. This is a pre. This is a quest for support. I am not going to be shut up. This platform will not be taken off the air. This platform, I will not allow the Hagman report to be run roughshod over by a bunch of beta male sissy wusses in Silicon Valley who who. I suspect are, are, are lacking the testosterone and growing breasts. I don't know. Look, I'm going to take you back to 2013, briefly. Two o'clock this morning, and I know people hate it when I jump around like this and they say I can't, you know, form a coherent sentence and a straight thought. You know, you know what? You're right. I'm not a talk show host. I am an investigator. Somehow, some way, I found myself here. I don't know how. It's fine. I want you to listen to this. I want you to think about this. It was in 2013 
after Benghazi, after Susan Rice, when I developed contacts in the intelligence agencies, plural. And I happened to be speaking to a number of people in the, in the media, specifically at Fox News. That, of course, and this is public knowledge. I made this public when this happened. I saw a ring back on my phone in, in, amidst the conversation. And I'm not going to get too detailed in this, but the bottom line was it suggested surveillance by government agencies. That's all I'm going to say about that. That was in 2013. In 2015, Matt Grudge appeared on Alex Jones. I've got the clip. It's several minutes, but the real interesting part of this is Matt Drudge said, your days are numbered. The days of, the days of having freedom of speech on the internet are numbered. And he referenced the Supreme Court Justice, and I don't know how many people remember this. It was on InfoWars. I think it might even be linked from one of the current articles by InfoWars. Um, where a Supreme Court Justice told him face-to-face that basically his days were numbered in terms of being a viable Internet site. And I believe that was the plan. And you have to listen to the clip in the in the time cons, uh, construct, in the, in the construct of the time. And I'm going to be giving some inside baseball tomorrow in my program tomorrow. But anyway, so he, he I believe that was a plan where the federal Judge, judges and the, the system and, and the leg, legislative branch, they were all working in tandem to create the laws to censor the conservative speech under Obama. Again, this is back in 2015. I went from 2013, my own personal experience, mid-2013, my own personal experience, in October 6th, I believe it was, 2015, when Matt Drudge appeared on InfoWars and, and made this pretty significant statement. All right. It was November of 2015, and this is public knowledge, and I, this, I can only say very little about this. It was November of 2015 when I was served with a lawsuit that is pending litigation. Now, the timing of that is important, obviously. Okay. That's right. And I, unfortunately, I cannot say more than that. It's public information. Okay. Now, think about that. October 6th, Matt Drudge says, look, censorship, it's coming, and they're going to legislate it out of existence. Then my personal situation took place. And I happen, I happen to be actually a, a, a co-defendant. But I will say more on, on my situation at a later time when it's more appropriate, because I, I have assembled, and I'm assembling, I should say, a team of lawyers together. Because we will not, we will not be silenced. We are not going to play on their playground. We are not going to do what they do, or we're not going to, we're not going to submit to their jackbooted thuggery of censorship. And I've spoken independently with Alex Jones and Roger Stone. We are not going to take this line down. In fact, we're not going to take this. The issue of censorship is bigger than you can even 
comprehend the backstory of what is taking place behind the scenes. It, this is so critical for you to understand. Unfortunately, we, we cannot tell you because for a number of reasons, legal reasons, but also if we did, then the very people who are in our sites and the very people who have us in their sites, we would tip their hand or we would tip our hand and they would, they would. So just trust me when I tell you this. We are no longer playing wiffle ball or softball. This is full blown hardball now. And they, meaning YouTube, Google, and the private, and pay very close attention to this statement. The private individuals and entities who have threatened our existence on this, on, uh, as a program, you, we, we are structuring the legal team. And it's going to take some time. But we will answer you. And when we do, you're going to know it. I'm deadly serious on this. Because what has happened, when you take the, when you take channels like ours, channels, for example, such as Tracy Beans, and I'm mentioning these as examples only, channels like um, InfoWars, Jerome Corsi, Doctor of Common Sense. There you go. There was a, another Keep going. channel. Um, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but there was a channel. Uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with the Security Team Ten, you know, UFO uh, videos, or you know, whether they're doctored or not. I don't know. But there was a channel that basically took other information and just presented it in a coherent fashion that was banned. The completely channel when they they had a a channel yesterday, and then today, no channel. Okay. And they weren't even that right. controversial. <clears throat> uh, just very informative. And, and we see so many like this. And, it, it, and the it, strikes it, are here's, happening. Here, here's the litmus test. Joe, and, and we, we had spoke before the show. Here's, and Laura was banned on Facebook. Right, today. for 30 days. For, quote, bullying. For, for simply for asking a, a video. question. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah for, but, but essentially, yes, for calling out... The, the, she could not have done a more professional job, right. I believe, in that, right. in that, in she that posting. She just took his own words. Right. Put it in a video, <coughs> played it, That's and right. asked a question. And because okay. of that, she's banned. Right. So here, here's the, here's what, here's what's going on. And, and we, and I, and I ask you, the listener and the viewer, if you want to see us continue on, this is, we do our shows collectively for you. If you can, I ask that you support us because what the endeavor is not cheap. Because for us to, to purchase bandwidth, it, it, it ain't cheap. We don't get telecom rates. Alex Jones, and, and I'm, I'm not going to say how much money he's expending on his videos on a private platform, nor am I going to say what our, our expenses are. But it ain't cheap. But we have to do this. We cannot, we cannot, the, the, the entire landscape has changed. We're not going to, I don't know if we're going to be on YouTube tomorrow. I just don't know. But I'm not going to take that chance. So we have to uh, have organizations, entities, and thank God for Global Star Radio. Satellite. 
thank God for IS, for uh, hosting sites like Nitro Host, as opposed to GoDaddy, or as opposed to insert name here. GoDaddy unceremoniously kicked my website, gave me 48 hours notice to mm-hmm. remove my contact the oh, my day wedding. before, the day before your wedding. <clears throat> and yeah. what day, what day was that? What, what the day before your wedding was, Hold on, June 23rd was my wedding. <laughs> Eric's over there laughing. <laughs> you put me on the spot there, and I, it took me a second. I made Eric choke on his food. What year was that? Uh, 2011. 2011. Gave me 40 hours to, to have, to, so this war has been, has been going on. So yeah, sorry about that, but he's over there choking on, on, he's actually, I don't remember. I, I remember my own anniversary. I'm lucky if I remember yesterday. But, but, but here, okay. So the the they have been working for at least ten years, really since the engineering of Facebook in two thousand and six. You saw two thousand and five, the NSA being permitted to vacuum everything up. Two thousand and six, Facebook really took off, and then things began happening. 2011, unceremoniously kicked off of GoDaddy. And, and your response to that, and I know that we've got new audience turnaround and such, but your, the people's response to that required GoDaddy to actually issue a public statement about what they did. Hey, GoDaddy, you're still on the hot seat. What I'm telling you is, at any moment, we can be taken off of YouTube. Unless we pay and unless the providers are accepting of the truth, then, and we have that through Global Star, and I thank you, Global Star. And I thank you, Blog Talk. And I thank you, Nitro Host. <coughs> now, so I said all that to say this. What is taking place is something far beyond what you are seeing play out in the in the alternative media. The Twitter suspensions and stuff, it, that's just only a sliver. It is, and, and people need to understand. We use platforms, and I'm just going to lay out some of the things we use. You know, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, I think Stitcher is one of them. Um, and we have not seen anything. You, you see no controversy on these networks or on these platforms, even though the same content... <laughs> that is going out on YouTube, for many of these networks, Alex Jones included, is going out on these other platforms. Nobody's making right. waves. It's That's just right. where the attention is, where the, where the you have it seems to be the the most people, like YouTube, like Twitter, the most traffic. That's where they're trying to. That's where they're starting, and it's going to branch out to these other platforms. And, but and this we, is where it starts. Exactly, and we're not going to show. We're not going to going to show where the areas where we are vulnerable, simply because that's that's not bad, or that's 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 not good form. So, just just understand that we are I, I, we are now assembling the legal team, the people who are believers in God, in country. In family, and and believe me, um, when I tell you that you've got to do some looking for that today. Um, the legal team, 
we are not going to take accusations. For example, accusations have been leveled, leveled at us in order to get us shut down. Accusations such as, and listen to this folks, money laundering. I wouldn't mind having money to launder. Um, fake, you know, purveying, purveyor of fake news. Um, in self enrichment, conspiracy to defraud. That's just naming a couple, okay? These are the elements being used, the accusations being used in order to take us off of the air. I am deadly serious when I tell you the war is on and now we are engaging. So to those of you, entities and individuals, and I know you're listening and I know you're transcribing, you are on notice. Our legal team, we're assembling the legal team, and you, every word, every sentence that you attempt to use against us, the charges of whether it be money laundering, whether it be whatever, you will be held accountable, legally accountable. You are hereby on notice. So every word that you write, whether it be on a legal brief, whether it be on a, on a website, whether it be in an email, you are hereby on notice. And for every person attempting to shut us down, to shut InfoWars down, or any other alternative platform, we will speak for you. The people who are on the receiving end of the censorship, we will help you. Because we have to stick together. It has now become that serious. Because there are families being threatened. Trust me when I tell you, there are families being threatened. It goes beyond attempting to bankrupt organizations. This is beyond anything I've ever seen before. And Glenn Beck, Brian Stelter, and all of those people who are out there uh, slinging accusations, Rolling Stone magazine. You know, I'm not going to give any more names because I don't want to give them the, the, the credit, Good. the exposure. Understand this. We're not rolling over. No. Okay. And lastly, um, you know, Pizzagate. Part of the censorship involves the pedophilia out there. Now, Pizzagate technically is a debunked conspiracy, conspiracy theory, right? theory. Okay. This was sent to me. This was sent to me by a, by an intelligence source, who is well aware of what happened in New York City, well aware of Anthony Weiner's laptop, well aware of of uh, the whole thing. Pay attention to this. And Eric, uh, I sent you the link. Okay, take a look at this on your. If you're watching, take a look at this. The Bronx District Attorney's Office has been accused of filling work hours with fights, with sex parties, sex parties, booze and such. You wonder why Pizzagate, this is in the New York Post, you wonder why Pizzagate is not, uh, or they're, they're claiming it's a debunked conspiracy theory, because the very people in charge 
are the very people who are promoting and propagating this kind of activity. Look at that. The, from that to the Me Too movement and all the sexual right. harassment that went on under Congress, under the, the Senate, under the leadership of Paul Ryan and, uh, you know, the, the Mitch McConnells. And you see it all in Hollywood. Who, who are these people who are getting in all this trouble? Well, it's actors, actresses, and politicians. They're exactly. from local politicians exactly. to, uh, the national keep, politicians. Keep that up there if you don't mind there. From, you know, the mayor of Seattle who kept getting accused of, of, uh, having gay affairs with, with underage boys and kept denying it, denying it until he couldn't deny it anymore. We see this all too often, and this is something that's been ongoing in our society for a long time. And I just read a story. Oh, wait a second. Let me just finish with this, because this Bronx District Attorney's Office, there was a suspended Bronx District Attorney crime analyst who was dating an NYPD te- detective who filed a $15 million notice notice of claim alleging scandalous behavior taking place in the office of the District Attorney in Bronx. This crime analyst, Crystal Rivera, she said that prosecutors are engaged in a hotbed of misconduct, neglecting their work, and they're filling their days with shopping, boozing, and sex. The sex is almost kind of, not a footnote, but part of a larger stream of activity. Pay attention to this story. Pay attention to this story right here. There are elements of this story that will come out and have everything to do with with uh, the larger story of Pizzagate, in terms of the lack of charges and the actually burying of information. Now, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead and, and say no, what no, you're, you're saying. Fine, but uh, I just wanted to say that this behavior seems to be at these in these areas. Like I said, the Hollywood political, even even media. There's a lot of people, personnel in the media, who were also uh, caught up in this uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault scandals that we've seen just over the last year and uh, i'm not going to read this story this is something that uh, doesn't need to be read on air but anyway we see that it is these same people who are you know trying to be the ones to dictate uh you know gun rights and gun legislation and telling us what is morally acceptable and it is so frustrating to watch again the same people that are pushing gun control are the ones who are promoting abortion these same people who are pushing the me too movements are the same ones who are guilty of these crimes but we're going to come back we have um anna kate coming in halfway through the next segment and she'll be with us till 8 30 so more news when we come back followed by anna kate mike spaulding then standeo don't go anywhere Back to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Tuesday, February 27th, 2018. For those looking for my show this morning, I did not uh, have a show this morning. I was busy uh, involved in legal work, uh, just to recap the last half hour, uh, putting people on notice that those who want to stifle us, uh, want to shut us up, shut us down, this operation down, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting together a legal team, uh, as in fact, uh, following the uh, actions of uh, 
of Infowars and Roger Stone. You know, it, it, and also we've been accused, in addition to, of course, in addition to being money launderers, um, we, we've also been accused of, of being money launder to launder money. Yeah, yeah, too bad we don't have the money to launder. <laughs> um, we've also been accused of being active agents for the Russians meddling and insisting in the meddling of the 2016 elections being uh as Roger Stone has and and you think you think well all that they can say what oh they could say whatever they want no the these statements have consequences especially when it is repeated and and put into lawsuit form okay trust me when i tell you this is a real fight as a matter of fact what i mentioned my personal our our uh, legal woes out of pocket expense to date has been 50 thousand dollars okay to fight this now i guess that's all i'm allowed to say so this is the real world and in order to make sure that there is redundancy that we have the ability to to, to be on tomorrow it's going to be up to you if you want us on great then please support us if you don't then so be it i'll go back and do my I was perfectly happy being an investigator. You know, the, don't don't lie. I know you were. You weren't happy with the traveling, though. Oh, yeah, traveling, traveling was rough, man. Let me tell you. But what is it with these people? They don't watch this content. They're not the ones who are, you know, part of these millions no, they of do, views though. on YouTube. Well, they don't agree with it. It's not what they... They only watch it to, to find things wrong with it so they can complain about it. If they can't control you, they will They, they will want the fairness doctrine back. Right. And, and see, here's the litmus test. test. It's very simple. If you support Donald Trump, or if you dare to speak mm-hmm. the truth, it's over. Now, um, and, and speaking of support, by the way, uh, I want to welcome to our cadre of, of sponsors, Lightstream. You know, the average interest rates on credit tar- card debt, credit card debt right now, the average interest rate, did you notice it's 17%? Have you looked at your interest rate lately? Do you want to save money by consolidating your credit card debt and lowering your interest rates? Now, be very cautious when you do this. And I know that our audience is very, very intellectually astute and financially astute. I believe our audience is the smartest audience out there, the most intelligent audience out there. But sometimes it makes just makes sense to consolidate debt, especially to those people who have uh, a better than average credit score, but yet on the other side, they're just getting beat up by the interest rate on credit cards. And today, some it makes sense to use credit cards for purchases, especially in small businesses. If you, if you own a small business, it just makes sense. But what if you could combine your credit card balances into one low fixed monthly payment? Well, now you can. Wait no longer. Let me tell you about Lightstream's credit card consolidation loan. Now, I've seen this work. I have a family member who actually, um, I'm not going to give out her personal testimony to, except to the extent that, that she was in a really, she had come to me and she said, hey, I, I'm going to ask your advice about something. And this coincided with Lightstream becoming a sponsor. And she had shown me that uh, through the divorce, her husband actually is incarcerated. And it was, what a mess. But through Lightstream, through this, this very, um, the, the, this credit card consolidation process. She is now a really happy camper. Okay. You can get a credit card consolidation loan with a fixed interest rate as low as 5.49% APR with auto pay. You could save 
literally thousands of dollars in interest. And I, I can say her first name, Kathy. She's a great, great young lady. Uh, she's saving almost $2,000 um, in interest, just in interest alone through Lightstream. Loans from $5,000 to $100,000. No fees. Now, you can choose, for example, this is flexible. They offer so many great things. You could choose a funding date. You can get money as soon as, as soon as the same day. You can see interest rates before you apply. And this is the great thing about Lightstream. When you go to their website, by the way, go to HagmanReport.com. On the right-hand side, there's a link to Lightstream. You, all the, it, it's, everything is up front. It is so easy to use, and the application is 100% online. Everything is out in the open. Now, this is a division of SunTrust Bank. You can be confident that you're working with one of the nation's largest and strongest financial institutions out there. And I know our audience, members of our audience, I know that that is a concern to you. Now, apply today and get an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way for you, our listeners, with good credit to get this special interest rate discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Hagman or go to hagmanreport.com and click on the link to Lightstream. But go to lightstream.com slash Hagman. That's lightstream.com slash Hagman. Now I'm going to spell this out for you because this is so important. When you're talking about your personal finances, this is important. It is Lightstream. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M. That's Lightstream.com slash Hagman. Now, of course, subject to credit approval, rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount available only when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com for important information about limits on Lightstream loans and same-day funding. But definitely go to lightstream.com slash Hagman for more information. And this is a great service. And we look for um, opportunities that help you, the listener, the viewer of this program. And Lightstream is one of them. Check them out. Personal endorsement. Just ask Kathy. She's a great, great young lady, and she saved literally uh, almost, I think it was, in fact, it might even have been more than $2,000, just in interest. So, and it was a painless process. So, Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you. Uh, the, the censorship issue is so front and center. Yeah, it or is. Or uh, you've got this. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we, we, um, are looking at what exactly it was that Laura Loomer was banned on Facebook for. Laura Loomer banned from Facebook for 30 days for post calling David Hogg a liar. Investigative journalist Laura Loomer received a 30 day banishment Monday after she wrote the following on Facebook. Now listen to this. Now, Eric, if we can scroll down a little bit and under these first sentences, there is the, her post. And, and, and by the way, if you're, if you're watch. watching live, just, just go ahead and keep that up there and look at that. Go ahead. This is what she posted on Facebook. Must watch opportunistic Parkland student caught lying. I like to call him hashtag camera hog. And I think that's pretty clever. But in the video, it shows four or five different clips different clips of different interviews this David Hogg has given, where in one interview, he said, my sister's two best friends were killed. In the next interview, my sister's three best friends were killed. In the next interview, my sister's four best friends were killed. In the next interview, my sister's two best friends were killed. Now, 
if he is who he says he is, and, and what, what, why is he lying? Why is this exaggeration? Is this flat out lying? Either way, he's not sticking to his own script, to his own truth or talking points. And Laura Loomer was smart enough to go through these interviews, compile them, put them in one video, and post it and ask the question. Okay, Joe, is now, he lying? Now, now that's on for those people who are watching this live on YouTube and for those archived on YouTube or watching this on Global Star from our website, HagmanReport.com. So take a look at that. Okay. And soak that in for a second. What, no, no. That does not follow their community standards. Is that? I think they, I, I think if I had to guess, I don't What's know offensive exactly about that? Camera hawk. Is that, is that what, or, or is it the fact that, is that bullying? Is, is that, okay, so the community standards are, you cannot question a, a, a person who has, by death, by legal definition, now look at that, look at that picture. What is, what is David Hogg, that's his name, right? David Hogg? David Hogg. Okay. The legal definition of a public figure, the, a limited public figure, is, is, paraphrasing now, someone who inserts themselves, and this is critically important, inserts himself into a situation intentionally, for um the uh for the the publicity shall we say or whatever the motive is but nonetheless willingly and intentionally puts themselves into the public eye as david hogue or hogg has done look at that that one post created the violation according to facebook violation of community standards and what is offensive about that? There is nothing offensive to that. So this is why, with Laura Loomer, who's been on our program, in fact, she was just on what? Friday, Thursday. Yep. Talking okay. about her Twitter, <laughs> uh, her being banned on, on Twitter, uh, or, or shadow banned or suspended on Twitter. Okay. Which she just got back this week. She was banned for seven days, I believe. Okay. So the, the bottom line is they can, t- they, meaning the social networks, YouTube and anything on the internet who are working in concert with the deep state can silence you because if they cannot control what you're saying, they will, they will take you off the air. This is why it's so important. Again, that is to me, that, that's kind of like, that would be a court exhibit. Take it to the, look, look at this. This is evidence of the censorship. This is, this is the, this is what we are fighting against by calling out the inconsistencies uh, of this limited public figure, they they are bringing the hammer down on anyone who asks, who dares ask any questions about that, and that that to me is so important. So this is what they're doing to Laura Loomer, and they're doing much worse elsewhere and to others. But uh, but please just keep that in mind, and we must support Laura, Laura Loomer. We must support the people who, who speak out. We must support Infowars. It was interesting that when, when Alex Jones had talked um, on Sunday, when YouTube banned the videos that really served as exculpatory evidence in his defense, that he, he didn't he didn't say that there was no sh- no one shot. He, he did not peddle any quote conspiracy theories. But when YouTube unceremoniously blocked those videos from being seen. 
and he put them on a private server then in order to, to make sure that people saw what he did say. Because how else are you going to fight back? I didn't say that. You know, for example, I didn't say that. Well, how else are you going to fight back? There's Laura Loomer, you know. Uh, how else are you going to fight back? So he had to put them on a private server, which which costs money and bandwidth. But no one came to his defense. No one came to his defense except Matt Drudge in the in the media. No one came to his defense in well, the don't media. Don't expect them to. They all hate him. Right, right. That's why we need to to, to support him. That's why we need That's to right. support all the alternative media outlets. And and you know what? Even if you are a Democrat and and quote you know not a progressive, not, not a flaming Marxist communist, but even if you have differing views from us. I wouldn't support censoring your 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 viewpoint, right? I, and we should we should stick up for those people, even even those who we don't agree with. See, I don't even use Twitter actively. Uh, when I post the Hagman report, it pops a story up on Twitter, and just uh, I, I guess I get impressions from those. And I wonder what's going on here. It says um, I, I get around eight hundred impressions a day on average. I haven't had any since. Saturday. No, it's shadow banning. Zero, it's zero, shadow zero, zero. It, it's, zero. Like wow. yell, it's yelling. But I don't care, though. So. Well, you see, you don't care. But but that's no, not I the know. point. It isn't the point. But it's just amazing to see. I mean, what, I can't imagine what, what I posted that... Because uh, I don't I don't go on Twitter and write okay. well, it's only uh, I, I what do. I post on Hagen Report. I do. So, on my personal account, I, I do. And I know Jackie does uh, handles the, uh, um, the uh, Hagman Report Twitter. But the fact of the matter is... It is not right for Brian Stelter. It is not right for, uh, who's the other, uh, uh, voice up there? Chris Cuomo. Any of those people. Yeah. Okay. It is not right for them. And I, Dan Rather, I saw him with us, David Hogg, and, and, uh, uh, it, it is absolutely on, it, it's, it's un-American, I suppose. It is against our values. And at what point does to, this To mean? shut us down, to shut this, Argument on. Go ahead. And you know she's criticizing this David Hogg, who you said is claiming this uh, private citizen banner. At what point does he not? Be, at what point is he transitioned from a private citizen to a public figure? There it is. He's been the on every limited news show. Okay, limited public demand. figure. Ellen, look, look up the, Oprah, the definition. Uh, you know CNN, Morning Joe. He's been in the news for the last two weeks straight on every news channel. He, he even uh, challenged Alex yeah. Jones to a debate today and then backed out after Jones accepted. But at what point are you allowed to criticize this person? It's one thing if he was a sympathetic victim, but he comes out on the news, he's spewing these left-wing talking points. He doesn't even understand them. He doesn't understand the arguments. He admonishes the sheriff, but blames Governor Rick Scott. He blames the NRA, uh, you know, but but sticks up for the cops who didn't go in, saying, "Oh, how should they? Uh, why should they have to face an AR-15? Because that's what they signed up for." Uh, what I'm trying to say is, at what yep. point are you allowed to criticize? This kid, who so obviously wants to be the next Anderson Cooper, he's selling a soul for that attention. So, okay, and, and think about what you just said, and think about this. I will say this: you're looking at young people, 16 to 19, generally speaking, and, and that's generous at, at, at the outer edge, really generous at both edges, who are coming together, who are speaking out, who are articulate. Drama students, you know, uh, acting drama students classes. But yeah. Okay, but nonetheless, okay, the, the more articulate of the bunch, yeah. you are looking at them coming out. And what are we seeing here? They are being used as chess pieces and pawns by the adults. 
But, and if you think for one second that what we are seeing unravel here, what we're seeing take place is, if you believe that this is organic and spontaneous on the part of these young people, you're absolutely deluding yourself. Supposedly, there's going to be some march, I guess, in, uh, some rallies, cross country rallies and marches on, in, in next month by, by anti gun, anti second amendment, essentially, by these school children who are being praised by, by these, by the Brian Stelters of the world, by the, um, Jake Tappers and others. There's, there's this going to be this huge march all across the country. How did that happen in two weeks? Do you think that's organic? Do you think that's spontaneous? That is about or, as organic and spontaneous yeah. as the protests in, in Benghazi or Arab Spring. <laughs> Watch what is taking place. This, look, it's not what you think. Oh, and I'm so pleased. Joe, I'm so, I'm so excited to have on with us right now. Um, returning for a second time on our show, Anna Kate. What a great voice. What an articulate, uh, young woman and a uh, woman and uh, w- just a, a tremendous friend of the program. We think a lot of her. Anna Kate. Joe, uh, go ahead, John. I'm going to toss it over to you. And, uh, yeah, we're going to bring her on, but real quick, just want to let everybody know we're off. We are following the situation at the Marine Corps headquarters. Yes. Where our package was open. Many people were sick. Tran- I think 11 transported to the hospital. We will talk more on that as the details come out. But now with us is Anna Kate, and you can go to Hagman Report there. You have uh, her Twitter, the link to her Twitter feed and to her website, AnnaKate.com. She's going to come on to talk about a number of things from the media bias to Trump's 2020 run. Anna, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys for having me back on. Such a oh. pleasure, always. <laughs> it's great to have well, you. i, I got to ask you, how did your brother-in-law, was it your brother-in-law? How, how did he like your first appearance? Good? Oh, he was so excited. He actually was the first one to give me a call as soon as I got off the program and said, that was great, you know, and... It's just, uh, it's, it's just a pleasure that this is his favorite show. So it's, it's just an honor to be on your, on your show. I, he's watching right now again. So hey, Jan. <laughs> How are you doing? Now it, it's, you know, we had so much, uh, so many great emails saying, my gosh, you gotta get her back on. She was so great and, and so on point. So, uh, we're, we're so glad you're, you're back here. And you, you, of well, course. I wanted, I wanted to say, I, I'm so thankful every day, but I'm extremely thankful today that Hillary Clinton is not our president because if she was, she would 100% come after our guns. I mean, that is the whole point. They wait for a poignant moment in this country. And I definitely, I agree with you guys. I think it's very odd that all across the country there is this movement that is going through um, our country and everyone is pretty much galvanized. I mean, it's hard not to be so galvanized as young children and also adults when you see and you, you don't understand the tactics that socialists use when they come after the guns as, you know, as, as Hitler did, as Mao did, as the Bolsheviks did. The first thing they did when they took over Russia in red October 1917, the first thing they did is they came after the guns. The next thing they did, is they rounded up people and they slaughtered them. They slaughtered farmers. And the Americans that don't understand and are blinded to what history repeats and, and, and what it tells us, they, they're blinded and they're galvanized by this abuse and this slaughtering of our children. And um, unfortunately, it, you know, the media plays up the killer and, and the details over and over again. Obviously, it's really sad what happened to our children. But, um, you know, this is... We're coming after our rights now, and when you give up away when you give away rights in the name of security, 
you're not, you're not going to get it back. And so there are other diseases and problems that happen across our country. Obesity kills 50,000 a year. You know, heart disease. Let's talk about those issues, too. Why are we coming after the guns, especially when law-abiding citizens use them for protection? Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, it's amazing to watch. When we were talking about this battle of uh, the, the censorship to the media bias to the attacks on, uh, as you said, the, and Benjamin Franklin said, those who uh, will turn, hand over the liberties, uh, I forget how to say it, in the name of security, deserve neither. Thank you. And yes. we see that, you know, as soon as these tragedies happen, whether it's a mass shooting, except if it's a terrorist attack, we don't hear this with terrorist attack, but especially the mass shootings, instantly, you know, every they ban guns. It's always it's all guns. And right. Paul Ryan said it best today. You can't criminalize legal uh, gun owning Americans to in, in order to to push a political agenda. And that's all this is. We know historically the the governments the world other governments in this world's history of uh taking the guns from the people then committing mass genocide of those people from China to to Germany to Russia and on and on and on we could we could talk about that the democide and then with the the attacking of our rights and then you have the censorship it's this multi-pronged attack that we are under and thank goodness Trump announced and made very clear to everybody that he's going to be running in 2020 because we need him for eight years, uh, these attacks. Because, as you said, if Hillary Clinton was president, could you imagine how bad it would be right now? Oh, it would be over. And I had the pleasure to be there at CPAC, not far away, and watch Donald Trump give an amazing speech. I mean, yeah. it's probably one of my favorite ones, especially, I think, because the president was standing right there, and what an honor that was. But he gave such a great speech. He was funny, but he was also very strong. And this is like the exact leader that Americans specifically, I mean, honestly, the whole country, they don't, the left doesn't realize what exactly Trump is doing. They don't realize that Trump is exposing the evil and the corruption. And, you know, all the links all the way up to pedophilia. I mean, Donald Trump was dropping hints. Thankfully, you know, the people were wondering if he's going to run in 2020. Well, he made that really clear that night. And, boy, were we excited and happy. We all rose to our feet. I mean, he is a wonderful leader. And I think that, you know, he's the leader that this country needs. We weren't ready for him. Um, before, I mean, we, we wanted, we, we wanted to change. We wanted to get Obama out, fake hope and change. But I think this is a perfect moment in history that Donald Trump is our president. And I think that he's doing a wonderful job. I mean, there's little things I disagree with him on, but I'll, uh, and I'll openly say that publicly, but, um, I think that he's doing a wonderful job. And first and foremost, I think that, and he understands the protection of our second amendment. Now, I disagree with him on bump stocks. I was very, uh, public with that. Um, when he tweeted and said that bump stocks make a semi-automatic into an automatic, I was quite pissed off about that. I mean, thankfully, I have family members and, uh, you know, fans of the show that, uh, served and have, uh, have taught me the, the truth about bump stocks and the truth about semi-automatics and automatics and it doesn't make a semi-automatic, a semi-automatic and automatic and he tweeted, Donald Trump tweeted that it does and so I, um, I was very vocal about that and, you know, my tweet kind of Kind of went viral. I mean, it was like six thousand, you know, likes and and three thousand retweets. So yeah, it's 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 semi-viral and um and yeah and so I I think that he's mis I I said Mr. President you you're you're mistaken here about bump stocks. I highly consider you reconsider what you are saying. Um you know because there's under our nose there in that legislation from what I understand it's not just about bump stocks. There are other 
there are other um, policies written into that bill that really come after ammo and really come after our Second Amendment right. So um, I really hope he reconsiders that. But I think that he has some great people around him and some people that he should be careful of. Yeah, I agree. And um, as you said, it's very it, it's good to me to see many people have problems with, with the timing of this. I think he announced it, what was it, 930-some days before the actual uh, next election day, which is about 400, uh, 400 more, days before earlier than Obama. Yeah. But what Obama better did. way to let people know, because a lot of people would try to throw him under the bus and say, oh, he just did this to be a one-term president, to, to leave his mark and go, and he's too old, and this and that. And he's shown that he has the energy, he has the intellectual capacity uh, to do this for, for a while. And what better way to let people know, everybody know where, where they stand, and, and, especially and, uh, ahead of the 2018 uh, right. midterm. I mean, he threw down the gauntlet with that, with that announcement, I believe. And, and of, of course, I think the midterms had something to do with that. But he, he essentially said, look, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. And he doesn't need to be. I mean, he's not in this for, uh, for money. I mean, right. my goodness. Or fame. I you mean, know, he was no. famous. Everyone knew him. Right. So, so you're exactly right when you say, and and I I, I just I, I like your the way you articulate things, um, and the CPAC speech. If you guys yeah, haven't seen yeah. this CPAC speech, go watch it. it. It's an hour and a half of him not reading teleprompters, not reading a script. I think he said at one point the script was boring. Yeah, if I yeah. remember reading that yeah. correctly. So oh, he's the best when he goes off script, and it's very mm-hmm. obvious when he goes off script because he's funny, is a good sense of humor, and uh, you know it's 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 a. Uh, for sure, like you guys were saying, it's it's wonderful that he's announcing and letting us know that he's going to be here for eight years. And if you listen to people, prophetic voices like Mark Taylor and Lance Wolnow, they have prophesized him being in in in, uh, in in office for eight years back in 2011, 2014. And so he will be here as long as the country continues to pray for his protection, which he is extremely protected. Um you know, if if everyone is able to pray for our president, just take two minutes every morning and take a moment and pray for our president. He will be our president for eight years. I mean, this is prophesied. God has has declared it in heaven, and we will see that come true and fruition on earth. And boy, what a leader he is! The whole room, he gets the whole room excited. In case the country is not rejuvenated, and in case the country is seeing attacks by the other side on in the media you know daily how we're going to impeach him how we're going to come after him if you look on social media if if anyone was scared of him being impeached or if anyone is scared of him losing his life or if anyone is scared of him not running again he made it really clear and he rejuvenated not just the people in the room but people across the country and so we're going to continue exposing the evil and I, when I say we, I know that him and Jeff Sessions, um, I was, you know, question Jeff Sessions for a long time. But if you watch what Jeff, Jeff Sessions has actually been doing, and Donald Trump dropped the hint, uh, at CPAC as well, where Jeff Sessions has, has, Jeff Sessions has been coming after pedophilia across the country. Over 10,000 people in rings have been busted in one year. That's yep. amazing. That's a huge in increase. One year. That's huge. And if you listen to one of Donald Trump, when, when, during his speech, he, he made it really clear. He said, not only, are we going to keep our our um, our schools safe? But we are also going to keep children safe on the street. He is directly talking about pedophilia. He, I, if I remember correctly, he also mentioned catalogs, and I was shocked when he said that because that is exactly how children are grabbed off the street. I mean, on, in the black market, these children are taking there's pictures that people take of them. They're in the catalog, and then 
very rich people are able to choose a child off the catalog. Honestly, I feel like I actually have witnessed that on my own. So, um, you know, when I did my research, I found that. And I remember something that I've seen when I was in college. And um, just a really quick story. I was I had a break from school. I was going to Hunter College in uh, New York City, studying for medicine. And I took a random break. Um, well, I should say random stroll in Central Park, which I never do. I mean, I should, but I usually study by the computer. So I took a random walk, um, and and I saw I saw this man taking. Uh, he was wearing all black. Who was who had a huge camera, professional camera, and he was taking pictures. And I remember having the gut feeling to follow the camera. So I followed his camera, and I noticed that he was taking pictures of children, specifically this one little boy in the park. And I and 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 I was I was what I was 19 years old. I have no idea about the world in terms of you know what's going on and you know, the real world, I should say, right? So um, I remember feeling really uncomfortable and thinking, oh, what is going on? And I remember rationalizing in my mind, should I come up to the parents, should I call the police? Um, you know, thank God he's not touching the child. Thank God it's just a picture. You know, I didn't, I didn't put anything together at that time. He looked dead at me. He noticed I was staring at him. He put his camera down and walked away. And years later, I would say 10 years later, when I was researching all this, I actually found out that they have catalogs of children, and boy, do I regret not coming up to the mother right away and saying, you need to watch your child. There's people taking pictures of him. You better keep a close eye on him because he is on their radar because what they do then is that they follow their movements of the children, follow their schedule. They know when parents are sleeping. They know when kids are going to school. They know who takes them to school and what time they come back from school, and they constantly go missing if you watch the news. You know, it's over uh, over 100,000 children go missing a year. So just a little tidbit. I mean, I witnessed it myself. I, I can't say directly and, and I can't confirm it went into a catalog, but it was awfully odd and it was awfully similar to what I've read before. So That's kind of disconcerting. Well, it's more than kind of disconcerting, but that is... That's a reality that very few, even the Christian conservatives or those who profess to be, don't even want to touch. But but that's that's what reality is. And when you when you when you present evidence that this is taking place, it's it's almost as if you're talking to uh, people who don't want to hear it or who will actively say, "Well, you're 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 lying. You're 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 not telling the truth." Why is that? It's I've never really been able to comprehend that in terms of human nature? You know, I remember when I started discovering, and I went on this trip, actually, specifically, you know, down the rabbit hole trip, where I discovered when I was 28 years old um, the Noreen Gosh story on YouTube, which is a very famous case of a missing child. Noreen Gosh, I think it was in the 80s, in the 80s. and it was, um, it, was, it was countrywide, it was, it was nationwide, her story, and you start noticing the media start picking on her and making fun of her and coming after her and the chief of police was coming after her long story short I suggest you guys look that up her son Johnny Gosh um, uh, famous story and she wrote she has a documentary and many books about it where she talked about figuring out why the media and the chief of police was coming after her because the chief of police was actually involved in the Franklin Credit Union cover-up scandal of sex, you know, of a ring, which uh, you can also look up Lawrence King, a Republican from Arkansas who was involved in this pedophilia ring. And so I went down that rabbit hole and I remember having an experience where I remember making a decision. Seriously, the red pill or blue pill, you know, that Neo gets Yep. Uh, a choice from Morpheus in Matrix. It is brilliant because that is exactly what I experienced. I remember thinking, whoa, 
And I remember, I remember witnessing that when I was in school. So I knew this wasn't a conspiracy theory. I knew, well, in terms of people taking pictures and catalogs of children. So I remember making a decision. Wow, I can, I can take the blue pill and I can go back to my normal life and pretend that I didn't read that and just go back to being happy and blissful and ignorant. And I remember deciding, you know what? I do want to take the red pill because I want to have children one day. I want to know what's happening in the world. I want to make sure they're safe. You know, um, my family, my, my, my brother-in-law homeschools his children. He does not take any chances. Um, you know, he's, he's very, he's a great father and it changed his life. And, uh, the kids are wonderful and they're not exposed to everything they, they learn in schools and protected with the indoctrination of the socialist agenda in schools. You know, he raises his kids and he knows where his kids are at all times. And um, it definitely changed my life. But I would say to answer your question, it's a decision you make. It's a decision you make to take the red pill or the blue pill. And I think that it's 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 getting harder for people, I think, because of the frequencies and and the information that people are bombarded with every day, talking about these labels, you know, racist, bigot. If you think a certain way, if you think conservatively, you're now considered, you know, even if you agree with it or not, or you put yourself in that group or not, you are alt right. You are a bigot. You are a racist. You are a homophobe. People are now afraid of these titles. This is the same thing that happened with the Bolsheviks in 1917 in Russia. The, there was thousands of Bolsheviks. How did they have a coup on the palace and take out the whole family and slaughter them? There were millions of Russians who did not agree with them, who thought they were crazy and thought it was never possible. The reason why they didn't stand up and, and protect the family was because they were terrified. They were terrified of being labeled. They were terrified of the intimidation. And they were terrified of the violence. Right? Same thing, Bolsheviks is very similar to Antifa. They're not anti-fascist. They're fascists in every name of the word. So I think people are afraid now because of the ostracization in this country when you are a conservative. And I think that people are afraid to take that plunge. And on the one hand, I understand I, I was in that situation. This was before it got so uh, intense as it is now. You know, now you get your social media lost. You lose your Twitter. You lose, I lost my show on YouTube. Mm. Um, it's getting harder, but... People have to start waking up. And I've noticed that people are waking up. The youth is waking up across the country. People need to step away from the television, turn off that television, because that those frequencies which operate at 440 hertz, is it, it leads to paranoia, it leads to fear, it leads to intimidation. People are terrified now to go down that rabbit hole. And, and honestly, the other reason is because people are too busy. This is It's such a brilliant thing by the, by the communists to you know, the deep state and all that to make people as busy as possible where they don't have time to do some research on YouTube. They are, they have to feed their children. They have to have three jobs. Um, you know, the economy wasn't so good. It was recovering. It's still recovering. We're not out of the recession yet. You know, we still have a massive bubble that is still around, um, that still needs to pop. And so people are busy, people are tired and people are intimidated and they're scared. And that is not a good combination to make a life changing decision. Well, you, you covered a lot of ground there, and I, I want to say, you know, thank you first of all um, for accepting the red pill. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, be, because we need people like like you, articulate, intelligent, and, and not afraid to speak your mind. Um, I, you know, I kind of as you were as you were speaking there, I, I thought back to uh, you know a personal story of mine back in 1987. Um, I kind of backed into discovering the world of that related to the Franklin cover-up through the investigation of the murder of my uncle 
in my childhood home, and I wrote a book about that. If I can shamelessly self-plug that, or plug that as stained by blood, and, and that's the account that that uh, of, the, of my investigation of my uncle's murder unsolved for five years. And it was through that process that I found I experienced. I, I didn't know what I was seeing at the time, and in retrospect, boy, okay, now I get it. In the the homosexual lifestyles. Um, that, that that exist out there and overlap into the agenda for um, the, the uh, uh, really the boy love I guess you know how, how that how that goes on so, so all of this is and, and the last thing you said um, so eloquently the, the attack on the nuclear family the biblical family and and creating the the creating the situation where mom and dad have to work have multiple jobs. And send their children off to government schools for indoctrination. That's a problem, and, and that's not by accident. Absolutely, and our and our children are getting sent to school earlier and earlier. They're trying to indoctrinate our children as early as possible for the state to be the parent instead of the actual parents, which is another reason why uh, my you know my 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 sister and my brother in law homeschool their children. You know, my parents don't understand it. They are they don't get it. They think it's weird. And, I've, and I understand, and I try to explain to them as much as I can. It's a, you know, it's a, they ha, they haven't really taken the red pill as much as much as my dad thinks he is. But um, I, I would say that yeah, our children are getting indoctrinated earlier and earlier. And if you've, you know, I'm sure you've seen the articles that are posted by children, uh, actually by parents who have brought home test papers, you know, pictures of, uh, well, they're actual, um, not tests, it's like a little quiz that they do, and they ask about how many guns does your family have, yeah. you know, all these very invasive questions, they are keeping information, they are storing information about us, they're storing information on our social media, you know, thankfully my brother and, you know, my sister are very smart, they don't have any social media, you you know, you don't know what they're doing, you know, and, um, I, and I suggest more people do that, it makes me want to also turn off my social media. I mean, I try to use my platform and my voice to spread information. And I will take that risk. Um, but they are slowly collecting information on us. They are, um, you know, it's kind of in a way what they do in Scientology. In Scientology, they brainwash you to tell them everything and they hold that against you. If you ever want to leave their cult, they say, well, we're going to expose this, 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 this. Are you sure you want to leave? And so not only is it that, intimidation tactics, but it is also to gain information about what you have at home, how are you with your child, what are you doing with your child, and and it's uh, it's a scary, scary situation in this country, but it's going on around the world, and you can say that people are conspiracy theorists or not, but it's awfully... It's awfully interesting what's going on in our schools. It's awfully interesting how much information they are gathering. Um, it's definitely an, 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 a red flag. Yeah, it is. And we talk about this all the time. You know, it, once in this country, um, we have seen how people strove for more intelligence, more learning, and, and to be as smart as they could be. And, and we use this example all the time. If you look at a test, in a sixth grade uh, test, history test, or uh, government test, whatever English test from a hundred years ago, you can't even find. Uh, you know, ninety-nine percent of college students couldn't even pass the test today, and this shows that there is more indoctrination, uh, more of a focus on indoctrination rather than education today, and how much we've been dumbed down. And it is really scary uh, when you see how far we have fallen. And, and you know, now we see just with the school shooting. Uh, just to point this out, there's a, an article on Hagman Report from an American thinker piece on 
the uh, changing the, this uh, promise program. I'm not sure how much you you've read about this. Was that the Jack Cashel piece? No, this was, um, I don't know exactly who this was from, but it says, How Federal Funding Kept Nicholas Cruz From Getting Arrested and Unable to Purchase Firearms. It's a touted promise program, which said that they were stopping the, uh, the pipeline from schoolhouse to jailhouse, uh, through, through this program by not turning kids in for criminal, uh, crimes that they've committed while in school. Anyway, uh, this, these kind of policies, these disciplinary policies let, uh, you know, disciplinary problems thrive in schools like this just like you know you continue to, to reduce the education standards and you get to a point where you're not teaching these kids anything you were just you know helping them memorize and indoctrinating them better into your side of the argument and then you bring the abortion the transgenderism the homosexuality all that perversion in you take god away and it's a recipe for a disaster it's no wonder we see the kind of mentality we see in, in many of our citizens today because of the education system Hundred percent. I think it's the education system, and I think it's also the 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 pharma getting mm-hmm. involved with our young children. So you have three situations. You have you get them on drugs, right? You say you have ADD. You get them on these neurotropic, um, you know, stimulants and depressants for your brain that change your neurochemistry in young children. You know, you start confusing them. How do you feel? What do you do? You associate with a male or a female when they're four or five years old? I mean, it's insane what's happening. You can look that up. It's there's articles about that. You know, so there's this level of confusion. Then you have parents that are not there. Children cannot talk to their parents. The parents are too busy to raise their children. Then you have the indoctrination, and then you have the dumbing down. Common Core. I was just in California tutoring a friend's niece. It's it's so funny how God shows me certain things and and confirms certain things. And um, I was at a friend's house, and his niece walked in and asked me for math help. And she's teaching, she's learning Common Core math. And she is in fourth grade and doing math, which in my opinion is really easy. I mean, multiplication. And she doesn't, they give her this insane chart. They tell her they don't want her to memorize anything, that they want her to get to the answer. So each question takes her she actually doesn't even get the answer. So it takes her forever, but she doesn't even get the answer. And I thought, oh my, and she's a bright child. She's very smart. So I told her, listen, I know that you're taught not to memorize, but trust me, when you memorize these multiplication tables, it will make your life very easy because when the math comes in and the, you know, formulas come in and you're trying to figure that out, it is super easy to just remember multiplication tables. It will help your life. So we made multiplication tables together. We made different colors of, you know, one times one and two times one and all that stuff, all those. And and she and she said, man, this is a lot easier. And the way that they're doing multiplication, forget about memorizing multiplication. Okay, fine, you know. But when you, t- when you look at, when she showed me the process of multiplication, where normally, let's say you're doing 14 times four, you'll do 14 times four and you'll do the long multiplication out. They're being taught to do four times 14. And the way that they're doing it is so confusing. And, and she, she was lost and confused in how to explain it to me. I didn't understand what she was telling me. I said, no, 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 do it this way. 14 times four, the way that we did it growing up. And it, it struck me so hard how, you know, my sister, you know, my parents brought me here when I was four years old. You know, we were born in, you know, communist Russia. But I have to say the, even though we were dotted in, in, you know, indoctrinated with socialist ideas and communist ideas to love Lenin, you know, many people didn't like it. Many people started waking up. 
But they had really good education, surprisingly. My sister was learning calculus in sixth grade. And I have a lot of, I remember telling my friends, um, you know, because she came here when she was 10 and she was, she knows, she knew calculus and she, you know, and, and I have friends that don't believe me and say that didn't happen. Um, you can talk to my sister. Why would she ever lie about that? And so children are being dumbed down. They're being confused and they're being put on pharmaceutical pills, opioids, and all that. And then you have these school shootings that are occurring across the country. These kids, I mean, this child, I mean, I don't even want to say his name because to me, he, he did a horrid act, and I will never say his name. Good. The child did not have his father. He did not. Ha- he lost his mother. When I, when I say lost his father, lost his mother, this child was in a situation where he was, he, he, he went through a dramatic experience. But specifically, I mean, he lost his parents. He doesn't have the upbringing that normal kids do. You know, you need your mom and your dad. And um, and so this child was put into therapy. And, you know, doing some research also, you know, it's it almost seems like there are, not even just seems like, but there's there's some information out there that um, points to, you know, the, the deep state. They know where, they know have a lot of information on, they have information on all of us. And there are good targets for, you know, certain manipulation, MK Ultra situations. And so, you know, they look at the kids that, don't have their mom, don't have their dad, or split up, or whatnot. I mean, um, they're easy targets for certain manipulations, and they take advantage of therapy, from what it seems like. But I mean, I don't know if, if that was what happened to him, but he was certainly in a place where he was very lost, very lonely, and didn't have parents. And he was taking opioids, and he was taking these antidepressants, and that changes his neurochemistry, and that made him even more depressed. And there are some clear, and there's, you know, the FBI, all these flags that were there that they just dropped the ball on. In my opinion, you know, this is not, and, and Dana Lausch actually had, if you, you have to watch Donald Trump's speech at CPAC, you have to see Dana Lausch's speech at Absolutely. CPAC. This girl, this woman, I should say, not girl, this woman is a warrior. What a warrior. She got up there and she gave a phenomenal speech. And she said, this is not our job as citizens to enforce the law. Right there, this child was not supposed to pass a background check. He did. He wasn't supposed to. You know, the government is not getting the information from the states. Only 38 states give up this information on their, um, you know, mentally uh, troubled individuals. This 38 states only do that. And so, we're not reporting. The states are not reporting who is mentally ill, who should not be given uh, a pass through the background check, and the, that ball was dropped too. And she's absolutely right. It is not our job to enforce the law. It is the FBI's job. It is the cops' job. It is not the NRA's job. It is not your job. It is not my job to research and look into red flags. That is their job. And you know, CNN having a town hall and the children. I think it's important to have you know to give children that voice. But it is so obviously that it's politically motivated to come after our guns. And, you know, what do people use? They use poignant, emotional moments in history and, you know, all in the name of security to come after our rights. This is what happens every year. This is what Hitler did. You know, Hitler took away the guns from the Jews. And then what did he do? He slaughtered them. So same thing with Stalin and same thing with Mao. And unfortunately, our children are not being taught real history. I was just going to say that. Isn't it interesting how the education of our of our children, uh, especially with respect to the Constitution, the mm-hmm. purpose of the Second Amendment, how that's really not being taught? It's no accident. Um, well, sure. So and I am a witness to that because I went through public schooling. My parents didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, I went through public schooling. I was able to get a scholarship to school, to, to college, but I went through that whole process. And so it wasn't long ago, really. And I was... 
you know, I was taught socialist ideas. I was forced to take liberal classes. I was I was, you know, I, I was supposed to take, and it was in my um, requirements to take, you know, uh, feminism classes. And you know, when when when, you, when I and I was talking about this with a gentleman the other day about real feminism. You know, um, if you look at Russian women, they are extremely strong. They're very strong. They're very smart. Very intelligent. But they know that they know how to also be a strong wife a strong caregiver, a great mother. And and Russian women also know, and this is not just Russian women, this is European women throughout Europe, that we know how to be a strong woman, but also allow to have a patriarchal family. Because yes, we should be treated equally, we should be given the same respect, but we are not equal. We have differences in our biochemistry, we have differences in our roles. There's nothing wrong with being a strong woman, being able to get a job as a CEO or whatever she may want to do, but we have there's differences between men and women. We are not built equally. We are very, very different. And and they're coming after this, you know, feminism in this country, this third wave of feminism or whatever they call it, this anti, in my opinion, feminism, where they're making everyone, you know, equal and with men and women, they have the same roles. No, we don't have the same roles. We have different roles. It has worked throughout history. We have had wonderful children throughout history that have been creative, that have, have formed, have found discoveries and, and were inventors and were brilliant. And, you know, you look at this dumbing down and you look at also the, the, gender neutrality that's happening where you have a one gender system. I mean, look at Russia, the same thing. Why do you think they called each other comrades? You take away the title, you blur the lines between male and female. We're all the same. It's the same, it's the same, you know, almost purpose of why they say masses, you know, it's a socialist word. Usually when you say the people, this is why our constitution says the people, not the masses. The masses is a Marxist term. And you actually see media once in a while drop that word, the masses, the masses, and, and, uh, this, this blurring of individuality and grouping people together in certain groups. And, you know, the goal, it seems as if, very similar to what happened in Russia is, is you, uh, and Hitler, you ostracize certain people and then you come after them. You come after them. Now, nowadays it's much different than it was in 1917. We have the internet. We have social media. There's censoring. There's, you know, taking away your voice. There's different ways people have voices and social media, you know, um, censor them. I mean, I got my YouTube show taken off. Um, I, I know I'm on the wire with taking my getting my Twitter taken off and it's and then it's this attack and eventually this attack goes when it's very clear to me that they are taking away cash or they want to you know they have um, you know credit cards they want us to use and eventually they would like to doing extensive research and having people that I that people that are in high places that have told me the plan where they, you know, eventually they will turn off your credit card if you don't succumb to the agenda and the right. the indoctrination, then you either will be, you, you might be eliminated. And, and, and it's the same thing again that happened with the Bolsheviks in Russia. It's not a crazy idea. The farmers that were independent in Russia when the Bolsheviks took over didn't care about who was in government. They were independent, living on their own with their farms. They had water. They had food. They didn't care what was going on politically. 
But Bolsheviks and communists didn't care, didn't like that. They were free thinkers. So what did they do? They slaughtered them. And it's not a far-fetched idea. Again, this is this has happened in history. This has yes. happened with now. If you look at China, you know, if, even if you look at now, even in in communist China, or you look at Russia. Um, their internet is is monitored. They're, they can't go on certain websites and get information. So it's funny how when Barack Obama gave up the um, rights to our internet to, I think it was NATO, and gave them the permission to censor, not censor, it wasn't under the word censor, but to, um, you know, um, regulate our right. internet. I mean, that is the same road that uh, China went through and the same road that Russia went through with, with their own uh, country and their own internet. So it's not far off where that happens. It's not far off that, you know, you might get your, uh, you know, your social media taken off. Then it might be, okay, well, you better stop talking about this because when we take away your guns, what are you going to do? And, and just, it sounds, you know, it sounds far-fetched. But, it's um, not. And, and to hear you articulate this, and I, I, you, you do such a great job, and you are, you are appealing to the minds of of so many. You're, the, the the reach that you have demographically is astounding. Um, but to hear you explain it this way, it's so important for people to understand. And and you you've you studied your your learned research, especially about how you know the evolution of the of the, of the Russia of Russia. Um, it's so fantastic. Go ahead. I, yeah, no. So uh, it's the same thing that's happening here in this country, where they're coming after the, you know, um, a neutral gender. Where, you know, in Russia we had, uh, you know, comrades. You'd call each other comrades, and you blur that line between male and female. They're doing the same thing here. And I have friends who, I have friends, and I have friends who who have heard stories of close people that I don't know personally, but um, their stories are are astounding. Where. And, and it proves the notion of them coming after our parenting and the relationship between parents and children. I'll give you an example, two examples. One of my friends is a, was a homosexual and he was an extreme homosexual actually. He lived in San Francisco, not extreme, I don't know how you say extreme or not, but he was, he was living up that lifestyle and he, oh, he was raised Christian. He stepped away from his parents, but he always had that Christian heart. He knew what he was doing was wrong, but he asked God, God, am I doing this wrong? Do I, should I leave homosexuality? And he's, he's, he, God talk, spoke to him and he, and he decided to leave the community and, and talk about a very tolerant community. Once you leave that community and start talking bad about it, they're not very tolerant anymore. Um, but he, he told me the reason why he became a homosexual. He actually says, Anna, it's not just DNA. I made a decision. And actually, and I said, well, what do you mean? How, how did that come about? He said, when my parents divorced, I lost my connection with my father. My father wanted nothing to do with me. So I was constantly yearning and seeking attention of males. And I remember that I made a decision one day in my life to become a homosexual because this is what I love. This is what made me happy. This is what made my endorphins kick in. This is what, you know, allowed the dopamine release in my brain. This made me happy. He didn't have it as a child, so he had it as an adult. And then, I have another, and then one of his friends was uh, a transgender male and um, came went from male to a female, and he was, you know, totally a male his whole life and then one day he started dressing up as a female and he asked him well what happened to you you know what changed and he said you know I was beat so bad as a child by my father that I started to hate men and I started to resent men and I didn't want to be a, I wanted to go as far away from males as possible so he 
he took he, he pushed away his identity as a male and so when you look at these cases where these are not this is not DNA this is nurture right I'm Nature and nurture. It's, it's right. clear. Nature and nurture. And I'm sure there's a bit of both, but it's nurture is extremely important. And when you ostracize the kids from the family and you indoctrinate them with thinking us four years old, hey, you can, how do you feel? What are you doing? It's not about how you feel. This is why they took away God from schools. They took away God from schools and 10 years later, they had Roe v. Wade passed. And 10 years later after that, they took away prayers from school. You were no longer allowed to pray or have, you know, a, 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 a classroom prayer for God. This is this is how school used to open. You used to have a prayer in school. That's right. Yeah. So they took they took away God. They had Roe v. Wade ten years later, and then they took away God prayers from school. And look at our schools right now. And, and uh, I, I got. I'm so sorry. We're up against our network break. Yes. Uh, thank you. For the end thank of you. The interview. What a, what a, what a infusion of knowledge that you've given us and, and reminded us. Thank you so very much. Anakate.com. That's yep. a n n a k h a i t dot com. We so appreciate you being a guest. It was a pleasure coming on. Thank you, guys. God right. bless. God Thank bless you. you. You have a great night. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Network break. Going to be right back. Report. You know, the clock is ticking. We are not sure, and, and I'm going to say this, the censorship, the attempts to shut down the people who are bringing you the truth, it is the full-scale warfare today, right now. As a matter of fact, Eric the Tech just showed a, uh, a message he received, of, of course, Jerome Corsi, his channel. The content wiped out. Dr. Jerome Corsi, the channel on YouTube, is gone. The past content, gone. Gone. Look, I, I, let me ask Just everyone that. this. Okay. Please bookmark HagmanReport.com. It is by the good graces of Global Star and Nitro Host and other platforms that we pay where our, our voices will not be silenced. The tenacity the uh the willingness to stay in the fight by global star to support us god bless those people god bless todd from global star god bless global star radio network i'm going to tell you thank you for having the courageousness to stand by us in the and believe me when i tell you if you don't think they're being harassed to take us down if the, if he, they are, we need to defend Infowars, Alex Jones, Doctor Jerome Corsi, Laura Loomer, and the individuals out there who are just asking simple questions. Why? What's the real story? Who dare broach the topics of Pedogate, Pizzagate? In the against the backdrop of, of the lobotomized progressives who say, well, that's just a debunked conspiracy theory. The self-professed Christians who refuse to see the truth of what is going on in our world today. 
the self-professed conservatives who will sell out their principles just to maintain a dollar or two. You can't take it with you. I was reminded reminded that by my wife, you know, you're not going to take anything with you when you die. And you will leave a legacy. What is your legacy going to be? Are you going to be known as the irritant, ankle-biting, you know, uh, uh, objectionable presence? Or are you going to leave a legacy of, of a positive reinforcement of those attempting to to speak the truth and to and to um, to provide information, not just for not just for the public at large, but for even for your own family. Like Anna Kate, what a great what a great woman. I can't say enough good about her. Doctor Jerome Corsi, for for daring to ask questions and providing information, Infowars for having really blazing the trail we're next I'm going to tell you right now we don't know if it doesn't matter it doesn't matter folks please please bookmark hagmanreport.com there you can watch you can listen to our programs and you can get our content and let and, and again I start out with the show uh, I start out the show by saying we are fighting back and let it be known, those people who are attempting to shut us down, who are accusing us of crimes of, of money laundering, accusing us of, of being Russian agents, our legal team, you will be hearing from our legal team. All right. We're fighting back. Joe. We have our guest, next guest with us, Mike Spaulding from SoaringEagleRadio.com. Mike is going to be at the Occupy 2018 conference, which we will be a part of. Go to HagmanReport.com. On the right-hand side, there is a banner, Occupy 2018, April 20th, 21st, 22nd. And we will be there. There is, uh, we're putting together the itinerary, and it's going to be a great event in Canton, Ohio. Make sure you register at CoachDaveLive.com or HagmanReport.com at the link. Pastor Mike Spaulding, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Joe, Doug, thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure and a blessing to speak with you. Mike, it's great to see you. And we're looking forward to spending some time together in, in Canton, Ohio, again, April 20, 21, and 22. Register early because the space is going fast. And it's going to be a great, great show or a great uh, conference. Uh, yes. A lot, a lot of stuff to get into, uh, uh, Mike. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, I'd like to start with giving you and Joe a, a word of encouragement. I was listening to your uh, introduction, the first 45 minutes or so uh, tonight, and and uh, a couple of words from the Lord came, and I just want to encourage you guys with these. First of all, Psalm 94:16 says this, Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will stand for me against those who practice iniquity? Doug and Joe, this is your time. This is your time to stand up against the forces of evil. I call them the Luciferians because that's what they are. They are dead men and women walking. They just don't know it. They're serving their master, Satan, the father of lies. And the Lord is looking for men and women who will be brave and courageous and who will stand up for the truth in the days in which we live. Now, that's one word. I want to give you another word. And if your listeners have their Bibles with them, turn to Matthew chapter 10. Now this, this, uh, 
narrative in Matthew chapter 10 is Jesus sending the disciples out two by two to go and proclaim the gospel all across the countryside. And he sent them out, but he told them, he said, listen, some people aren't going to accept it. They're not going to receive it. They're going to reject you. In fact, they're going to hate you. And he gets down later into the chapter and he says, they're going to even accuse you of, of serving Beelzebul because they accused me of that. And so they're going to accuse you of that. Now, here's what I want your readers or your listeners to, to understand, starting at Matthew 10, 22. Jesus says, you will be hated by all on account of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in this city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you shall not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. Now, of course, that has a prophetic implication. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become as his teacher and the slave as his master. If they have called the head of the house, Beelzebul, and of course that was Jesus, how much more the members of his household. Therefore, now he's going to summarize, and this is the word for you, Doug and Joe. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be made known. We are fighting this war, and we are on the winning side, Doug and Joe. So take courage, be encouraged. You are walking in the power of God. Do not back down. That's my Amen. opening word of encouragement for you guys. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for the encouragement. Because, you know, I, I, uh, Mike, I, I think that people today need to make a conscious decision. Which side are you on? Who are you yes. going to, you know, what path are you going to take? And, yes. and the older I get, the the, uh, the more miles I, I get behind me, you know, I'm thinking legacy, not for any personal self yeah. uh, satisfaction, but legacy. What am I going to leave for my children um, yeah. and grandchildren? What what kind of legacy are they going to look at? Or are they going to walk by my grave and spit on the uh, spit on the grave and say, you know, you could have done something when you didn't? Or are they going to say thank you? That's kind yeah. of where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that, uh, Doug. That's exactly where where I'm at, and I, I'm not ashamed or bashful to say I, I just turned 62 uh, last month. So my my uh, two thirds of my life's probably gone if the Lord tarries and, and gives me good health. I hope to live for another 25 years, and I want to make those 25 years last. Listen, Satan is a liar. He's always been a liar. He's the father of lies. All he does is lie all day long. Now. He lies, and then he distorts the truth, which is still a lie. People have three options. You can accept the lie, you can rebuke the lie, or you can allow the lie to fester and cause doubt. I'm calling all people to rebuke the lie. We've got a culture going on right here in America today that is being fueled by the lies of God's enemy, Doug and Joe. And it's getting, and I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of being sick and tired about these Luciferians throwing a hissy fit. Every time you turn around, I'd like to know, well, there's no answer to it, but I'd like to know how in the world any rational person can connect the NRA to a school shooting. How you can logically make that case and connect those dots, because the fact of the matter is, you cannot. So, What's going on? There's a hidden agenda here, of course, 
but it's becoming more revealed uh, each and every day, I believe. The agenda is this. And some folks think, well, it's to take away our liberties. It's to take away our freedoms. It's to take away our, our right to bear arms, our free speech. Yeah, that it is that. But ultimately, understand that life is a spiritual battle. Ultimately, our enemy seeks to destroy the people of God. That's the end game. Now, he's so stupid that he thinks he can get it done. But the fact of the matter is that he cannot. Now, I was hoping that maybe we'd just talk a little bit tonight, uh, Doug and Joe, about uh, our, our First and Second Amendment rights, because I, I, I think a civics lesson is in order, not for your listeners, they're very educated people, but you know, I'm not informing you of anything, you've got a lot of haters and people that watch you just to debunk and to criticize and, and to, to, to tell outright lies, but let me tell you something, they can attack the NRA, they can make an attempt to repeal the Second Amendment. It isn't going to happen, in my opinion. But even if it does, that does not take away the legal right of any American to have a gun to protect himself, his life, and his liberty. Because the fact of the matter is, and, and there, are, there are many brilliant people out there today, uh, Doug and Joe, that can talk to this. But the fact of the matter is that the Second Amendment right does not guarantee us the right to bear arms. The Second Amendment, any of the amendments, in fact, the Bill of Rights themselves, were meant to prohibit the government from doing certain things. Our rights are inalienable, according to the Declaration of Independence, and they are given to us by God. The government does not grant us the right to have a gun. We have that right as free-born citizens, American citizens, and we will continue to have that right regardless of what happens to the Second Amendment, regardless of what happens with all of the hissy fits and the Luciferian tantrums that are going on out there. The Bill of Rights and the Constitution was designed to limit the federal government. And by the way, the Declaration of Independence says that if the government gets out of hand, it is the right and the responsibility of any free citizen to dissolve that government and establish one that will do right by the people. Now, that would be a news flash in our day, wouldn't it, Doug? Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned this. I am so tired of, of, of reading and hearing the straw man argument that the Second Amendment uh, or, or the, the, the right, in, uh, in air quotes, to uh, own weapons. You know, you don't need, for example, you don't need an AR-15 to hunt deer. I don't know anyone who wants deer with an AR-15. It, it, these are straw man arguments. Yeah. And yes. you're hitting the nail right on the head. Um, and, and please continue because and, and drive the point home why we have the Second Amendment and, and, and the importance of the Second Amendment, the First Amendment. But the fact is, ultimately, these are God-given rights. And the Bill of Rights is yes. really a, a bill of limitations on the government. So please continue. Yes. Yes, and in fact, uh, if people, and, and this is one reason, Doug and Joe, that I think that uh, American history, true American history, is not taught in our schools today, because teaching true American history, what actually happened with our founding fathers, and what the documents, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, what these documents actually stood for, if you actually taught students well, they might get the idea that uh, we should be throwing off the shackles of this tyrannical government that we're watching right before our eyes. Well, we can't have that. Well, let me tell folks and, and send them to um, uh, Ron Paul's website. Uh, you can go to Ron Paul's website. There's a there's a, a, a plethora of great articles uh, there dealing with this issue. Ron Paul's been a champion on 
on this subject for a long time. Uh, Bill Federer is, is another. You can check his website out. Uh, lots of good information there for people that want to understand it. But can, can I just share uh, quickly? I'll share quickly, and, it, and I think it will come across much more uh, powerful if I just read a section of an article that I happened to read today. Would that be all right, Doug and Joe? Yeah. All right. So what is the purpose of government? The Declaration answers the question. The purpose of government is to protect the existence and exercise of people's natural God-given rights. That was the reason for calling the federal government into existence with the U.S. Constitution. Now let that sink in. The federal government was born through the acceptance or ratification of the U.S. Constitution to protect people's natural God-given rights that pre-existed the federal government. A big potential problem arises, the possibility, even the likelihood, that the government itself will end up infringing or even destroying people's rights. That possibility deeply concerned our American ancestors. They were convinced that government itself, not some foreign entity, constituted the biggest threat to their freedom, privacy, property, and pursuit of happiness. That's why they were not terribly enthusiastic about approving the Constitution. If they hadn't approved it, the United States would have continued operating under the Articles of Confederation, under which the national government didn't even have the power to tax people. The American people finally decided to go along with the deal. The biggest argument that finally sold it to them was that the U.S. Constitution, which called the federal government into existence, strictly limited the powers of the federal government to those few powers that were enumerated in the document. Those enumerated powers did not include the power to infringe or destroy people's natural God-given rights, rights again that pre-existed the federal government. Thus, even without the Bill of Rights, the federal government had no legitimate authority to control what people read or what people owned, including books and guns. That's because these rights pre-existed the government and because the Constitution did not give the federal government the power to infringe on these pre-existing rights. In fact, if the government did infringe on people's natural God-given rights, it would be violating the very reason that people call governments into existence mm -hmm. to protect the existence and the exercise of their rights. So why then was the Bill of Rights necessary? In a technical sense, it wasn't. Since the powers delegated to the federal government were enumerated in the Constitution, and since the delegated powers did not include the powers to control what people read or owned, including books and guns, the Bill of Rights was essentially superfluous. In fact, some people even argued that by enumerating some rights in the Bill of Rights, that might be construed to mean that those were the only rights that were being protected. That's why the Ninth Amendment was enacted, to point out that that was not the intention. The reason the Bill of Rights was enacted was because of the deep concern that our American ancestors had about the threat that the new federal government would pose to their rights and liberties. They believed that this government, their government, would inevitably end up doing what every other government in history has done, destroy their rights. That's why they enacted the Bill of Rights, to hammer the message home that the American people were expressly prohibiting the federal government from traveling the road to tyranny that all governments in history have traveled. But notice something important about the Bill of Rights. It gives no one any rights. Instead, it prohibits the federal government from infringing or destroying rights that already exist. It really should have been called a Bill of Prohibitions rather than a Bill of Rights. Thus, people don't have the right 
right to own guns because of the Second Amendment, just as people don't have the right of free speech because of the First Amendment. People's natural, God-given rights pre-exist government. They exist whether the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and the federal government are there or not. What happens when a government infringes or destroys the rights of the people? The Declaration of Independence gives us the answer. It is the right of the people to alter or even abolish the government and institute new government whose powers are limited to its legitimate function. That's a right that every American living today should keep in mind. And those are awesome, spot-on, laser-beamed focus words that all Americans need to understand, grasp, and then apply. Very well said, and that, that is so right. And this is one of the things that is never talked about when we are talking about this this gun debate on the by the mainstream media. They always point out as as what you guys said is you know that you don't need an AR-15 to hunt. Never do they uh, talk about the case where uh, the fact that the Second Amendment was placed there as a last defense against a tyrannical government and to ensure all other rights. By the, by the way, the, the most important, the most eloquently written document right here, um, yes. Bill of Rights and the Constitution and Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights. Yes. Amen, Doug. Amen. So, so what do you that's see? That's where we're at today. And Pastor Mike, obviously the uh, debate and the push for gun control by the media, by the left, by Hollywood is not going to go anywhere. We saw Paul Ryan and others that come out today and say uh, we're not going to punish law-abiding gun owners and um, gun control is not the answer. You know, we need to find another way to do this. And then we see, one thing that I find so fascinating is we learn of all of the multiple failures in law enforcement, both federal and local, in this Florida incident, in, in this tragedy where you had multiple people uh tipping off to the FBI that this kid was going to shoot up a school, even the kids on YouTube account where he said as much. You learn the police came to this kid's house over two dozen times for calls of of violence and other 911 domestic disturbance calls. And the sheriff deputies don't even go into the school. You have all these failures of law enforcement, and they turn around and try to blame the guns. And who in their right mind is going to turn over guns? So these people who failed every time at every level, who say they can't protect us. I mean, it makes no sense. And obviously the guns aren't the enemy. When we see terrorist attacks being uh, carried out, they never go after the bombs. They don't even go after the terrorists in the media anymore. So I think most of the American people can see through this. But what are your thoughts on the failures of law enforcement? And more and more each day we learn how corrupt the the sheriff's department is and the ties to... The hubris of that sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that's, and that's a, that's a great point, guys, because what you're identifying is this. You're identifying the, the arrogance and the pride that always, uh, accompanies evil. When, when evil is being revealed, when evil has, 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 has become such a critical mass among any people, then it becomes prideful, it becomes arrogant, and it does not care if you see what is happening. If, if you understand the truth, it, it simply does not care because it thinks it has won the day. Evil is, is running rampant across America today, and it has become so prideful that we connect these dots and we point all these things out. We say, this is not right and this is not right. And, and, and we say all of these things and they don't care. It's as if they're laughing in our face. Well, let me tell you something. 
We are going to win this battle, Doug and Joe. We are going to win this battle. The Bible tells us repeatedly that God laughs and mocks those who shake their fist at him. I've got my Bible open to Psalm 46. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Folks, this is a great time to turn to the Lord, to press in to the Lord, to make sure your spiritual house is in order. And this is why. Because God is going to give spiritual insight to those that will stand in the gap. God is going to give Holy Spirit anointed power and favor to those who will stand against the wicked. We have people that are calling good evil. We, we, we knew that was coming. The scriptures told us that it was coming. But we also read in the scriptures, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, because their demise is coming. Doug and Joe, be encouraged today. Don't back down from people who are trying to shut you up. The reason they're trying to shut you up is because you have shined a light into their dark, dark world. They are doing the deeds of their father, the liar, and they don't want to be exposed at the level that you and many of your guests are exposing them at. So again, let me encourage you to keep in the fight, keep contending, don't give in, don't bow the knee, don't blink, keep fighting. Absolutely, we're going to continue to do that, and and you do the same. And we only have a, a two minutes left. You still have the active shooter drills for churches, or the uh, churches defense for active shooters on your site. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we we've done that. We've got an active shooter policy. Uh, we've done concealed carry classes uh, at our church. Uh, in fact, we're getting ready to uh, to share that drill again. Uh, we've got plans in place should something like that happen. Um, yes, we have people that uh, are prepared to defend uh, the body of Christ that meets uh, uh, here in Lima. And, uh, well, I, <laughs> I hesitate to say it, but I'm, I'm just going to say it. Uh, they come through those front doors. There's only one door that's open during our service, and I'm looking right at it. And if they come through the doors with any hanky-panky, I'll be the first one to drop them before they even make it into the sanctuary. There you go. And real God quick, bless you for that. Do you have a topic? Uh, what are you going to be talking on, on in the Occupy Conference? Do you know yet? Well, well, I, I do know, and uh, and I've kind of been keeping this uh, on the down low, but uh, I guess this might be an exclusive for you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm writing a book. I'm pushing hard to get the book done in time for the conference, I've shared the the introduction with with Coach Dave. Uh, he, he's a good friend, a very encouraging brother. Uh, appreciate his his contending faith, and I've uh, shared it with him. He likes it, and uh, the highest compliment was, "Well, this will certainly ruffle some feathers." And and and, and my <laughs> and my and my and my response was good. That's the intention. 
Okay, uh, Pastor, we're, we're at the uh, we're at the uh, break, and I uh, top of the hour. We're so looking forward then to your presence, uh, of course, at Occupy 2018. We're so humble, uh, or so uh, uh, honored to be invited uh, to be in the presence of you and Coach Dave. It's going to be an incredible time, and we're so looking forward to seeing you in person. And uh, I would invite everyone to register Occupy 2018. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link. Pastor Mike Spalding, thank you so very much for your very gracious words, kind words. God bless you guys. All right. That was Pastor Mike Spalding. Um, uh, unbelievable. SoaringEagleRadio.com. SoaringEagleRadio.com. Tune in to Pastor Mike Spalding and catch him at uh, Occupy 2018, the conference. Joe. We will be right back with Stan Dale after this. Don't go anywhere. Unprecedented times, modern history. You've seen nothing like this in recent modern history. The the uh, censorship that is actually uh, taking place right now. Dr. Jerome Corsi, his YouTube channel gone. Not even a memory. Not even a dot or tittle left on that channel. Gone. Content gone. Folks, go to HagmanReport.com. Please bookmark this site. You know, somebody had sent an email uh, saying, you know, we're getting notices. I'm getting notice of a virus when we go to your website. No. Let me tell you something. Okay, we spend a lot of money, and we've got the best techni- uh, technicians from Eric the Tech to the, to the individuals at um, our hosting company. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, we are solid. There's no viruses. There's no, uh, there's nothing you're going to get, uh, from going to hagmanreport.com by watching the YouTube, or or I should say, I'm sorry, watching the video, uh, or listening to the audio feed from hagmanreport.com. We ask, humbly ask that you, that you bookmark hagmanreport.com and you use that as your platform because uh, it's just a matter of time. Unprecedented times. Please bookmark HagmanReport.com. Bookmark it and tell others about this. We are we are engaged in the fight and fight we will. The the the, the tide has turned. It is now time to say no more, and we are, we will act accordingly. That's where we're at, Joe. We have with us Standeo. He joins us each Tuesday in the third hour. Go to standeo.com and click on the show images page once you get there and follow along with all Stan's research that he's put together to come on our show. Stan, welcome back. Good to be back. How are things over in your part of the world? Busy. Oh, frustrating at times. Crazy. Busy. Yeah. All of the above. You're, you're looking good. Okay, just trying to center that for you there. I guess that's okay, is it? Yeah, actually, well done. Okay. All righty. Yeah, there's a few things going on. Um, the uh, war situation seems to be warming up or heating up. I don't know why they've uh, lowered uh, Jared Kushner's security rating at the White House unless he's been getting in the uh, chief of staff's way. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, Stan, uh, there there are a lot of things happening in the background. Um, the the chief of staff, you brought him up. Uh, uh, 
you think there's some uh, how you think maybe he might be uh, kind of um leaving shall we say i don't know um i, I know he's complained about uh jared uh, and uh, his uh, uh sister-in-law i think it is anyway the, the, the trump family right getting past him going straight to trump in the office there which you know probably isn't the cleverest of ideas there in the white house but I would think that this is probably moved to stop that so that he couldn't get around and, you know, get access to information unless, you know, Chief of Staff said you could. Just protect, protect his territory, I guess. I, I think it's uh, very um, hypocritical when you look at the uh, security clearances of the Clinton administration. Remember back then, um, and even under Obama, and then to... Well, and then to monkey with the security clearances of somebody like uh, Jared Kushner, uh, it, it just to me there's there's a lot of uh, games being played with uh, our national security in, in the larger sense, and they have been being played for a number of administrations. Well, look at last year uh, on my slide uh, on the show. I'm just page 46. Uh, there's an interesting story on there uh, where the uh, uh, U.S. Air Force Chief, uh, this general gets on, uh, online there and speaks about the need for forming a space defense agency, you know, kind of the, the Marines of space. Um, and now he's Air Force, but he, he's saying we ought to get this bigger, all encompassing force for space war. Um, and it says in the article there that last year in uh, 2017, obviously, uh, that there was a, an effort by, just trying to find it here, by some members of Congress to form the the funding and the organization to do this, and they got shot down. Now, I don't know why that happened, whether it says they th- thought it might have been budget restraints or something, but the fact that he says by the year 2020 we can expect to be in a war from space or in space does concern me. Um we know that there are thousands of satellites up there. In fact, I'll talk about how many in a second, uh, which is a lot more than that. But um, if you look at a map, I think it's slide 40, uh, what, next to that was slide 46, is it? 47. Uh, you'll see a picture of how many objects they are tracking mm-hmm. at NORAD, 150 million pieces of space junk. Well, some are satellites, some are asteroids. Some remnants of past missions that have left, you know, trash, uh, you know, basically that they didn't need. But uh, you've got to sort every one of those pieces of stuff out and uh, keep like track a, of it. Like a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup that, you know, was tossed out the window or something? Or, or I, I'm just not. Yeah, 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 something like that. I mean, either that or like uh, maybe they, you know, some of their toilet things might have been frozen and packaged and stuck out the door or something. I don't know. But there are pieces um, up there of things like even small bolts that worked loose on something or got away from some repair kit they were working on stuff outside space station or some other satellite or pieces that got knocked off by an impact by a small micrometeorite. These things are debris unless you can get them to start uh, getting into lower orbit so they hit the atmosphere and then burn up. They stay up there. And there have been a number of uh, projects around the world, uh, China, Russia, United States uh, and the European Space Agency looking at ways to launch a killer satellite up uh, in orbit so that it could blow out uh, sand grains uh, at, in, a, in an opposing orbit. The problem is that the sand grains will kill the trash and stuff and make it, you know, 
descend in its orbit down and burn up. But you can't really control it accurately for you know not hitting the good things, the good satellites that you want to keep up there. Um, and so it, it becomes uh, more like the Chinese are suggesting they put up a satellite with a killer laser on it that aims at the debris and uh, heats it up and makes its orbit, you know, from, from the pressure of the outgassing on it, makes its orbit decrease and then burn up the atmosphere. So they're trying to maneuver stuff with a heavy laser uh, down into the atmosphere to get rid of it. But 150 million pieces of junk. I mean, that's, you know, you might think, well, okay, that's just litter up there, but it's traveling at over 17,000 miles an hour. And a BB, you know, a little BB like that, will tunnel into a solid block of, of aluminum like that right through it. And, you know, it'll leave this kind of cone-shaped impact cone uh, when it enters and, you know, until it, it, uh, it leaves. And that's just a BB traveling at that speed. You've got sand grains and other things up there, micrometeorites, um, and... If you're moving around the Earth in the 17,500-mile zone, you know, mile-per-hour zone, and you hit something coming the opposite direction, it might hit you at uh, 35,000 miles an hour relative speed. So th- these are serious uh, problems up there. Uh, not even considering. That's leave a mark. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but that number is staggering, though, uh, Stan. Uh, to me, so, so since when was the first... Um, Orbit, uh, John Glenn, sixty-two, wasn't it? Or am I? Well, so, well, you're looking at the Russian Sputnik was the first one. No, okay. So, but as so, far as a band flight, well, well, like so Yuri Gagarin, what fifty or however? I, I don't know. It's almost sixty years. Yeah, one hundred fifty million. Forty, sixty, uh, almost seventy years. Okay, like that's over sixty-five to seventy years ago. Wow. And you know, there, there are all kinds of countries putting stuff up into orbit. Um. And there's no global, uh, you know, lawmaker or group to uh, say, you know, don't do it or to monitor that kind of stuff. We've got trash up there that's incredible. Stan, let me ask you this. We just saw that, what was it, the SpaceX launch where they launched the, or the Falcon 9, I can't remember which one it was, where they launched the car, the, the Tesla car yeah. into space. Now, many people watch those feeds, watch the NASA feeds of the ISS and uh, and of this Falcon 9 or SpaceX and say, where is all the space junk? How come we can't see any satellites? How come we don't see any of this, this stuff if it's as prevalent as many people say? And I think I understand. I know you can't see the stars in those photos and whatnot. Um, is there a reason that, or should we expect to see the space junk just floating around or is the no, space so God. big that you well, just... Well, it's the it's, distance. It's just the distance. I mean, they're... they're what, oh, maybe 250 miles away up to several thousand miles away, and depending on what kind of an orbit they've chosen. Um, and if you look up in the night sky and try to see a satellite, you may see the space station, and you may see some of the NOAA orbital satellites. Yeah, you uh, can see moving. some. But uh, remember, those are a lot bigger than, you know, a, an egg or something like that, you know. I mean, the smaller pieces of junk we're talking about, and micrometeorites are some of them, um, these smaller pieces are just, unless you have a really strong telescope, you're not going to see them. you got to know where to see them and, uh, you know, to track them. So now NORAD does, uh, and Space Command, they they can do all that. Uh, I, I was shown that when Holly and I visited Space Command, and they track everything that moves above a certain number of feet above the surface of the Earth. They track it and log it in. 
uh, if I were to even do a test uh, drone or a rocket down here in my backyard and shoot it up several hundred feet, they'd pick it. So that's how advanced and how detailed the monitoring of the situation is. But now that we're coming into a period where we may see China, Russia, North Korea, somebody use um, an orbital satellite to detonate an EMP over the United States as, as an act of war, we really have to be concerned about space war. And we don't have like a unified command of the Marines, uh, the Air Force, Navy, Army. We don't have a unified command where, at least as far as the public knows anyway, to attack things in space or to defend things in space and to defend our country. Uh, they've just let our defenses go so far downhill in the last oh, two or three administrations that, you know, it's going to take a while, a number of years for us to build it back up, even if the budget were there to do it. I'm really concerned, and so is uh, this general here, the, the chief of the Air Force here, General Goldfine, um, that we are going to be totally unprepared for space war in 2020. That's, you know, two years away, or two and a half, something like that. Um, and I think that's probably generous. So that's why I put this article up there. Um, you know, people that are thinking about they may get prepared for something like war, you better get prepared for war, boots on the ground by foreign forces here in the United States. And in addition to that, EMP-type weapons, knocking out power, knocking out hospitals, communication, telephones, everything. You better get prepared for it as best you can. Now, uh, if there's even more information coming to us through our backdoor channels to the Army and one to the Air Force that, uh, you know, troop movements are being structured now. And Holly and I have seen flyovers of helicopters from the the, the bases here in Colorado Springs, like sometimes a line of 12 of them at a time, big, uh, you know, um, you know, Black Hawk type, you know, tactical helicopters, and one kind that comes at night, which might be an Osprey, I'm not sure, but that started coming over. And when it comes over, boy, the whole house goes boom, 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 like that, um, you know, because of the thrust of the, the props. But a lot more of this stuff has been happening than normal. We we see that here on our bases, and we get reports from other bases doing it. And, and, uh, troops to leave and, and go offshore of the United States are now being called in and, and outfitted and kitted, you know, and prepared to leave the country for, you know, foreign soil. Uh, this is what's coming to us from our sources. Um, you know, we expected it may happen in the first week of, of uh, March to be in, at war with North Korea. Um, that's some of the information that filtered down to us a couple of weeks ago. But in addition to that, we've got the Middle East crisis. Um, Syria with the Russians doing some strange stuff over there. Um, yeah, war is, war is upon us. I checked my EMP shield in our house. I had Tim over a couple of weeks ago and, uh, we sat out there and worked on it to be sure I had everything hooked up and got my generators taken care of and stuff like that because I know that we're going to need power and we're going to need things to communicate with even if it's just a short wave. Um, and I can't stress enough that we need people a short wave to, to stay intact and to have power and to have equipment that works. So protect them from EMPs so that, you know, you can be our kind of news service from your neighborhood to the next neighborhood. And um, that's important. And, and you've got, you've got a great product. Uh, Stan, remind people because you, you, we've got a link on HagmanReport.com to the EMP shield, but, but please remind people about, uh, the EMP shield. Well, that's something that uh, my partner Tim and I developed here a few uh, months back in, in 2017 to 
uh, put onto, we started out to put it on the household breaker boxes so that when the voltage surge came from a nuclear or a, a solar EMP, electromagnetic pulse, that this thing would automatically uh, shut down the electricity to your house by diving it into the ground, by shorting it into the ground, or what they call shunting. And it does it in 500 trillions of a second. So we've got the fastest thing in the civilian world that you can have to do that. And we built it according to military specs and exceeded that, you know, a great deal. And I've had a test at the military lab so that we know it works. Um, and our concern, uh, after setting up communications or preserving communications, guys, is, is preserving people who have put in solar power, um, wind power, uh, diesel generators, gas generators, all those other auxiliary, you know, alternate uh, sources of power will be needed to reconstruct safe havens or, or, or gather people together after the war starts. You know, people will survive. And so we need those uh, locations to have power. And I thought about that today because, you know, uh, Holly was telling me about this lady. I've got it up here in slide 55, this Sarah Hoffman. Um, her She goes by her maiden name now, Sarah Mennett, but uh, out of Utah. She nearly died in 1979. She uh, was depressed and committed suicide or tried to and was taken, you know, in the hand of the Lord in this out-of-body experiment or experience. And she was shown a number of things that would happen in the United States, you know, including the war and including the, the fall of the Twin Towers. Uh, and I read through her, her uh, vision that she was given out of the body then. Um, I'm not saying that it's absolutely positively trustworthy, but I think it is. And uh, so I put that up there because it talks about the war and the invasion of the United States in it in several places in more detail than, you know, just there will be war. I mean, it, she gives specifics on this coast and that coast and where the safe cities will be in the west near the mountains. And uh, I think it's worth, you know, reading that in relation to what we're talking about here as far as war. Um, and, and Stan, yeah, I wanted on. to ask you this. Um, do you think that we – because I, I, uh, my nephew even asked me uh, some questions, which we never had co- serious conversations about any of this stuff, but he asked me, a few interesting questions uh, about the government, the government hiding the cure for cancer, and is it possible that there are uh, vehicles that are able to travel in space that the government has that are you know, beyond what has been released to the public? And I said that to say this, is it possible that when you talk about these space wars that uh, the countries already have the technology and capabilities to have these wars in space and to, use, to weaponize space and use them in the, the battlefield arena? Or do you think that's still down the road? Look, when I was with Teller's program in 
in the early 70s and in the late uh, 60s as well. We built them. We used them. We tested them. And there were a lot of UFO reports. Then we had a war with these turkeys in the in the late 70s. Uh, I was told it was coming. I didn't understand what I was told at the time. But they were moving in on our bases, uh, you know, on our, our side of the bases and kicking us out. Now, at that time, the question becomes, because I was no longer in the institutions or in the, in the research, what happened after we were kicked out? Were we allowed to use the craft that we had built, any of them, you know, like the uh, the triangle craft, you know, the Aurora and uh, things like that that had anti-gravity technology? Were we allowed to use them? Were we allowed to go off-world with them? By these uh, quote-unquote alien critters or the followers of Satan, I don't know. If we were allowed to continue using that technology, then yes, we do have such things that are uh, in orbit or able to orbit uh, conveniently without using rockets. And then the war could be taken to that arena and even to the moon, I, I uh, suspect at this point. But um, it's only an educated guess because I'm no longer in the programs. Okay, it's a long answer. Very interesting. Sorry. No, it's a, uh, it's fascinating. I do believe that the technology is there. Um, you know, when we see all these UFO sightings and uh, people who have these uh, experiences and whatnot, um, there, there has to be something more out there. Or, you know, maybe it's a spiritual war that masquerades as some kind of you know alien technological space war too. I mean, who knows how this is going to play out in the near future? True. True, but um, you know, Stan, uh, I'm really interested going back to revisiting the topic of of the geopolitical situation, the war, and you know, this coming spring, because I I have not heard anything um, in answer to a a previous question email. I I have not heard anything about this. Um, Do you okay? Geopolitically speaking, we've got a hotspot in Syria. With the Russians, specifically, and and then of course the the Korean Peninsula. W- w- where's the flashpoint? Do you think first, or at least based on the information, the, the um, uh, conversation you're you're hearing, w- what's going to be the flashpoint? Is going to be the, the Korean Peninsula or Syria? I think more likely it will be Syria, Israel, that area, because I think this whole deal with the. Uh, the Korean Peninsula is a red herring, and it's a method of uh, getting us to put our resources, our military resources, over in that theater, uh, and making our resources in the Middle East and the, you know the Mediterranean and, and the Persian Gulf very thin, if, if present at all. Um, you know, it'll take quite a while for us to move fleets of uh, naval craft and you know the attendant uh, craft with them to move them from Indonesia. Or, you know, around the planet over to the Mediterranean. The Chinese own the uh, Panama Canal, where we would like to go through. If we cross the Pacific with the fleets and want to come through there, you know, the Chinese own the, the, uh, the locks, you know, the Panama Canal. We have to get through there to get over to Atlantic, to the yeah. Atlantic. Th- thank you, Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So okay. now then to get around, they've got to go south of uh, of uh, Africa, uh, you know, around the Cape and back up into the Mediterranean, all the way back up to the the uh, top of Africa at the Mediterranean there at the uh, Straits of Gibraltar and grow into the Mediterranean to be there. And it takes time to move, you know, fleet personnel like that. So when we have so much concentrated over in the middle, uh, sorry, in the uh, Korean theater, I'm 
really suspicious of that, thinking that perhaps the flashpoint will be in the opposite direction, you know, but we're spread thin. And to uh, to underscore that, they will probably make uh, a nuclear attack or an EMP attack on the United States to be certain that we're not organized enough over here to get in their way uh, over in the uh, Syrian conflict. Now, the the Russians have uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, they've been uh, doing it for gosh, 10 or 15 years, maybe 20 years even, working on the what they call the Satan-1 and the Satan-2 nuclear bombs. Now, I've got those up there in slides 48 and 45 to show you the bomb. And um, in the beginning, when they were doing it in the, oh gosh, not even 35 years ago, they started, the aircraft could not carry this bomb um, over to a target because it wouldn't have enough fuel because it was so heavy. And that's the Zarbamba, uh, you know, or the big bomb. Um, you detonate that over Texas and it would wipe out the entire state of Texas, just one bomb. One of these... Um, uh, bombers that can be adapted to, to carry it, if you could have all these weapons, the 12 nuclear weapons on board it, if it could carry the weight, could destroy an entire nation. Now, if you're looking there at the, you know, what you've got on the screen now is the the, the Satan II missile, which is, you know, uh, I, I think United Nations nickname for it, but that is the missile version of the one above it in 48, which you just had up on the screen, which is wow. the aircraft version. And it is huge. I mean, it is when that when they tested that, it broke windows 500 to 600 miles away. I mean, we're talking about a big Bertha boy. That's that's huge. And if they drop that on us anywhere, it's going to hurt. Uh, and now that they've weaponized it to military uh, you know, missile status, as you saw, uh, we do have to be concerned. And people just don't pay attention or don't want to about how close we are to this threat. Uh, we need to be preparing ourselves and our family and friends as reconstruction centers for what comes after the war is over. It won't be a long war. <laughs> there won't be much left. But Not with weapons uh, like this. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And with all the stuff orbiting, I mean, one one nice orbiting satellite could uh, be an EMP, you know, and uh, over the United States, and then we've got no communication. And, you know, I've been through that scenario, uh, scenario before. So people need to prepare uh, to protect what they have, the power and the things that run off of it. And, and, most poten- and I'm sorry, then the potential for the boots on the ground after, thereafter, once once we've been EMP'd, so to speak, right? Yes. Then, then the, well, you, yeah. yeah, you've got boots on the ground by the enemy, but you've also got roving gangs of people stealing and looting. Uh, it makes lead a most precious metal at that time because that's what you put in your bullets. Hmm. But, um, you know, yeah. Uh, the flashpoint, I do suspect, is going to be in the Middle East. And I'm watching young Prince Ben Salman um, over in Saudi Arabia. He's uh, firing, uh, you know, the, the heads of his military branches. Uh, they're saying, well, why is he doing that in the newspaper? Well, the, the alleged reason is because he's finishing his house cleaning the corruption, and he's irritated that uh, his military didn't perform well when he invaded, uh, you know, down in Yemen. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't have uh, production of his own weapons there in Saudi Arabia. He had to buy from the United States or somebody else. So he's getting ready to have a functioning army with new heads, you know, millennial uh, heads of, of the of the army and the Navy or whatever he's got in the Air Force. Um, it'll take him a few months, maybe a year or two, to get that all organized, I think. 
But with what he's got on the the, uh, the slate at the moment, he could use nuclear weapons from Pakistan against Iran. He could mobilize those troops he's got, you know, which we've talked about before with the other 40 nations that have joined with him, the Arab nations. And they could move on Iran, but when they do, they'll do it through Syria. And when they do that, their army only has to turn left and, you know, at uh, the Golan Heights and down into Israel. So that, to me, would be the vulnerable point because we know that the Arab nations want Israel gone. Iran is just the most vocal about it, but the, the rest of them want them gone. Uh, so when I see our forces being you know, strategically moved over into the Indonesia area uh, and leaving the Middle East uh, thinly protected, I, I suspect an attack, a flashpoint will happen over there and that we will be hit by Russia and China at the same time to keep us out of the, the fight over there. Well, we uh, we hope that doesn't happen, Stan, but definitely uh, something's on the horizon. We see all the, the movements and the, the rhetoric and uh, everything. And we even heard about this new gold-backed yuan petrocurrency that's going to be launching in March, which adds a whole new dynamic to the global Replacing tensions. the petrodollar. Uh, it's like Eventually, yeah, to, yeah, to replace the petrodollar, letting the, allowing the Chinese current currency to be traded for oil, uh, which has the intentions of eventually replacing the petrodollar. But if, if we can, uh, I don't know if you have any other things you want to talk about with, with the war or the, the EMP threat, but I see something on your site, Stan, that I spent uh, some time earlier today reading about, which is the ancient Egyptian uh, uh, tomb that they found with yeah. all these... Would you call them religious Egyptian deities, like the moon god, who is a person, well, apparently? Um, well, they had a lot of them to Thoth, uh, or, you know, a T-H-O-T-H. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there were three pharaohs in the middle uh, Egyptian dynasty. I think it was uh, Tutmos, uh, the first, second, third. And their name, Tutmos, means born of Thoth. So that was the prevailing one in that period of time in the... 1480s to about the 1350s uh, BC, and these um, uh, Egyptian uh, coffins and mummies in them, of course, these these things are from that period, and uh, they made a joke about it in that they got a message from the afterlife, in that yeah. one of the priests had on his uh, little um, medallion on his body there, or it's, it's a you know it's mummy had a thing that said Happy New Year and uh, so they, they had a joke about it uh, that it came from the other side but uh, yeah it's there are things being found uh, that have been lost for a long time and uh, they also had uh, uh, those if you look down at about the third photograph in that uh, that news article you see that they're dusting a stone sarcophagus there um, which had the likenesses of the four sons of the god Horus um, interestingly, when I studied this, I, that article, I went on to study about uh, uh, young King Tut, uh, you know, Tutankhamun. Um, again, the Tut An uh, is relating to being uh, a, a descendant of uh, the god Thoth. Um, and uh, uh, Tutankhamun, we watched a documentary on him this weekend, uh, Holly and I did, and um, we're told about how his, his uh, burial chamber and everything uh, was hidden from the world and from the grave robbers because of an accident of nature that caused a flood that washed so much debris over the entrance to his tomb that it looked like 
there was no tomb there at all. And if anybody knew about it, the digging would have been so horrific to remove all the dirt that they didn't bother. But it gave, it gave us a very well-preserved set of uh, hieroglyphs and his coffin and whatever. Now, somewhere in this period of time, I think it's, you know, from uh, Tutankhamun or maybe from Thutmose III, uh, and maybe within a hundred years of that forward, the exodus from Egypt occurred. And so I've been very interested in looking at the Egyptian history, the mummies, the, the, the Valley of the Kings, and various things that occurred with the uh, Sphinx and how it was built and why. Um, and in the process of all this, I've come across some of my notes about Tutmosis, the first, or it's Tutmosis. And if you look at the, the legend of uh, Moses, the, uh, you know, of the Bible, how he was uh, put in a, a reed basket by his mother because the the Pharaoh of Egypt had said kill all the the, the Hebrew uh, children, the male children. She put him in that basket uh, a few feet away from where she knew that one of the Pharaoh's daughters was camping by the river there with her maidens. And uh, as the story goes, the, one of the maidens pulled out the reed from the water with Moses in it. And so the the common belief uh, in translating this says that Tutmosis uh, means born of and they've changed it to born of the water. In other words, he was pulled up out of the water and given a new life with the Pharaoh's uh, daughter. Now, when you think about the New Testament, it's interesting that the baptism, you're just, you're put into the water and then you're taken up out of the water and you're a new person. And it, the similarities there, the parallels are just kind of quite intriguing. There is, there is value in studying that stuff. I find it fascinating. Um, some of the, these discoveries, especially, you know, in the, I read recently about another discovery in Israel where apparently, I don't remember what it's called, it's a little circle disc. Uh, they found one with King Hezekiah's name on it years ago. And they recently found one that they believe belonged to the prophet Isaiah. Uh, and I forget what they're called. Apparently they're about four centimeters around. They're, they're little discs that are buried and have the name of the person on them. But they said that that could be the first proof of the prophet Isaiah, uh, the biblical character, as having lived. And then I read this today. Uh, what really caught my eye was the message from the afterlife. But after reading the story, I found it uh, very fascinating that, you know, they're still uh, finding these. And it seems like in the last, what, 100 years, maybe it's because of the increase in, in archaeology and, and, uh, and how they do it. But it seems that they are uncovering so much now uh, in, in the Middle East from these old thousand, two thousand year old uh, power power structures and, and civilization centers, and it, it just—I wonder how much more there is to find in, in these areas. It, oh, it always has fascinated me. You, you know these uh, hieroglyphs that you see of uh, an Egyptian pharaoh, uh, Tutmosis, uh, or um, you know a number of them. They have different headdresses on there's one of the pharaohs that's got the head of a bird and a beak mm-hmm. coming off you know and if you read the the uh, translations of the uh, the time you see that these pharaohs uh, that have a part animal part uh, human body were uh, recorded that way in hieroglyphs because they liked say the ibis bird and they favored that and they they cared for them and they were known for their their dealing with the ibis bird um, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I kept looking at those in the, you know, in my youth, thinking, well, did, did this person really have a, a bird head or a snake head, or you know, 
and it was really the way they depicted what was foremost on the mind of the Pharaoh uh, during his reign. Strange stuff, but uh, you know the, the the ibis bird may represent the weather or the you know the, the state of health of the Nile. I mean, there's a lot of things that unless you're an Egyptologist, you're probably not going to be able to know correctly. But uh, I, I've learned a lot, like you, just uh, poking into these areas and relating these old civilizations to you know what we know now and uh, looking at the ancient world. Um, in some of the Egyptian uh, ancient uh, hieroglyphs, there's mention of uh, the god Set, S-E-T, uh, as coming from the, let's see, from the uh, Ethiopian highlands uh, in Tanzania, really, up in that area at the, at the top of the Nile. And uh, he was red-haired, and he was big, and he was, he was uh, kind of... Uh, a wild man, in essence, it sounds almost like Seth, son, uh, you know, of Adam and Eve type thing. So there are similarities in the names of some of their gods and the names of the descendants of Adam. Uh, so it, it raises a lot of questions, doesn't it? Yeah, it does very much so. But it's just fascinating. Um, oh, it is. And then the it stories is. about the people who unearthed, uh, you know, the, the tomb of King Tut and the uh, it's kind of like the, what do they call that Curse of Oak Island. Uh, the same things where you have this long trail of of tragedy and and death that that follow the people who, um, you know, unearthed it and whatnot. All all this stuff is fascinating to me. But yeah, I, I just thought that was really interesting. And so that was a joke. The, the Happy New Year thing. Obviously, did they say Happy New Year back then? Do we know? And why did what, what were they just going? What were they going for with that joke? Do we? Well, know? I think it was it was on one of the discs that they had of one of the mummies there that there was a wish for a. a a good new year, uh, you know, in the coming year. And that's why they call it a message from the afterlife. Just the guy laughed that they found that inscription on one of the, the mummy, uh, things there. The okay. Sarcophagi. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing, um, you know, on slide, uh, 49, you can look at it, uh, whenever, uh, there's an article attached to it underneath about, the, the distance between wars, time distance between wars in the United States since 1823. And you can see from looking at that graph, if you click on the picture, that as we move past 19, well, about 1913, then you've got a uh, pause, then you've got World War II, and then you've got other wars, and then you get into the Vietnam War and uh, Korean War and things like this. It's more prevalent. The time between them is very short. And even on the average time, um, you know, there, there's 10 large wars every 27 years. 19 large wars, one every 6.2 years. So, um, you know, and five large wars every 12.8, you can see at the bottom of the graph. What they're saying here is that we're overdue at this point for a large war, looking at the statistics of the wars. Holly's got a number of these, uh, links on the, our show, on our webpage there that she builds, the, uh, com. You can, Look at the, the stories surrounding these and more over there. Now, two, a uh, couple things. Uh, first of all, minor thing, the uh, image 52 on the Rattlesnake Ridge, um, you know, in Washington there where they had the, um, land, uh, the land split and it, uh, it's like 250 foot deep crevasse, so many hundred feet long and it's moving. Thirty, yeah, thirty. Yeah, uh, 1,300 feet long, Holly, just corrected me. And, uh, yeah, I've just done that. So what they're looking at here, if you look at the pictures that are in on that article there, 
you'll see the second picture is one I use for my icon picture. You can see the side of that whole hillside falling down or sliding down toward the road there. And on the other side of that road, that highway, uh, there are, I don't know, 15, 20 families that live there in trailer park type of environment that they evacuated about a week or two back saying, you know, this, this landslide may happen and come down and bury you. And then they did some studies. They said, oh, well, it's stable now. It, it won't happen for any time soon. So you can go back home, but we will give you, you know, a hot call on your phone or something. Should we detect that it's going to be moving so you can get out and evacuate quickly? I don't know that they could do that if it, that whole thing uh, wanted to slide. But I looked at that, this article here, <clears throat> and then I thought about the article uh, that we'd seen uh, on TV here recently about a long crack in Arizona, you know, just suddenly appeared. And I'm thinking, why are these cracks occurring now? What is making the dirt unstable or pulling apart like that? Is it drought? Is it... uh you know, Earth's diameter expanding a bit. Uh, is it tectonic uh, deflections on our coast that's reaching inland a bit? I don't know, but I would not like to live in that area there where you, you've got the, the land separated like that, especially in Washington State, which is just inland from the Juan de Fuca plate where a Richter 9 plus earthquake is slated to occur any minute. You know, there, it's overdue now. Uh, something like that, that mudslide there, that, that hillside sliding a bit would slide a lot, and I think a lot of other new uh, areas around the Washington, Oregon area would also behave like that. Um, I, you know, for people who live in those areas, it's kind of a time to rethink your location, I think. Um, yeah, it, and, and that speaks to, by the way, that speaks to uh, prudent places. You know, that that's very yeah. relevant today, Holly's product. Yeah. Yep, so. yep. Yeah, she outlines a lot of these areas for the, the, the risks, whether they be volcanic or Earthquake or lightning or you know whatever. Hmm. I would not like to live in California at this point because of so many things that are going to be a problem there. But uh, from there up to you know to the top of Washington State and into Canada a bit, I think you know the Cascadia subduction zone is going to be making uh, volcanoes active. And I've seen the dream in my dream vision. I've seen them all going at once, at least eight of them, hmm. all the way down to Popocatépetl in Mexico City. Um, and in this woman's vision up here at 55, that uh, Sarah Hoffman uh, vision, she does address the air being all filled with dust and, uh, you know, ejecta from all these volcanoes on the West Coast going off. So she's seeing the same thing. How, how, uh, I, I, I guess, how close are we to this? I, I don't, I don't know if that has, if that's even a fair question, or if there's an answer to that, but I mean, are we are we looking at uh, prophetically? And I, and I ask this question all the time, and it's close, right? It is, um, and that's you know, I, I Holly and I joke about how close it or how soon we answer soon, Hopi soon, because <laughs> uh, when we talk to the Hopi, they tell us about what's going to happen to America, the invasion of it, that kind of stuff, and we'd say, well, when soon, <laughs> soon. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're still waiting on soon, but uh, I, I think as the newspapers come out every day, we're seeing that soon is a lot closer than it was yesterday. You know the the joke. Uh, you know it, it's coming. Well, you said that before. Well, it's even more true now than isn't it? You know it, it's that kind of a a thing. It, it um, and and I think the, I think a lot of people are going to be taken off guard, obviously, and a lot of people are going to be surprised and. 
Wow. One thing's happening. You know, yeah, people, you know, 9-11 happened and people got excited and a lot of them joined the faith, and, you know, turned back and, from backsliding and stuff, and Christian belief. And, you know, a year goes by, you know, we, well, they fall back into their old ways and they don't get too worried about it and start worrying about, you know, incomes and 401ks, that kind of stuff. And now then, you know, there are a lot of people that we've been warning them, we've been telling them. And, you know, as you say, Holly's uh, Prudent Places USA details yep. the, the risks of every county down to that, and a lot of cities as well, of what, you know, the threats are to that county and uh, how close they are to things you might need like hospitals and that kind of stuff. But um, in, in spite of all that, you know, there are still people that are kind of putting it off till next year or whatever. But I think they're running out of time. Uh, you know, people need to start looking how to sell their place if they're going to move or how to beef it up if they're going to stay and to prepare for what is definitely heading for their neighborhood. Um, a lot of the stuff you can look at. And it's only proper that we prepare. And it's only, um, it's respons- it's a responsible thing to do. And, and I, I just and continuously, although I shouldn't be, I'm continuously amazed at how people will couch this as well. This is uh, the fear porn. You're 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 promoting fear porn. Well, no, it, it, it's it's providing for you're establishing provisions for whatever right. might come. You're and talking about common sense, common preparations sense yeah. that are not for whether it's the end of the world type scenario or a natural disaster type scenario, from an earthquake to an EMP to a volcanic eruption. It's common sense preparedness that can go a long way in major or minor catastrophic situations. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know this is tongue in cheek, but you know the millennials—they've—they've not been raised the way you and I were. And uh, if you ask them where apples grow, they say on the shelf at the supermarket. (laughs) They—they have have no idea. And uh, you know, those people are going to be hurting a lot because they just haven't been exposed to the preparation mindset that. You know, our forefathers, my grandmothers and grandfathers, you know, uh, even my mother uh, and Holly's mother, you prepared for uh, storms, you prepared for, you know, loss of power, you had your storm cellar, you had your, your cool cellar for your foods that you stored down in your vegetables and things, um, and you prepared, you know, for a tornado, for a hurricane, you know, for earthquakes, all that kind of stuff, uh, so that you could feed your family and rebuild. It was just a done thing. You didn't depend on the government to do it for you. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It is a great point. You, you know, I mean, th- think about that. Uh, you dial nine one one, and they ain't coming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Or if if you can't dial, I mean, so yeah, 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 precisely. And and um, shame on you out there who who say, well, you know, you're attempting to exploit people through fear porn. No, it's just simply common sense. No one is. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get so frustrated standing about uh, when, when I see things like these accusations uh, of well, you know, uh, even the even taking taking preparations for the banking system, uh, and when people purchase or hedge in, insure their monetary um, future through gold and silver, for example. Oh well, that's you know, it, it's ridiculous. You, uh, how so? I mean, that, that, that's a currency of the, the standard currency or the standard, um, the, the standard of currency. It, it just well, it just blows my mind. Look at look at slide forty three. You mentioned the gold rush or, or gold. You know why are Russia and China buying you know 
uh, goal by the metric ton. You know, um, uh, the central bank in Russia, according to that article there, is holding gold, uh, in the, in the, uh, from 20 metric tons to 1857 uh, tons. Mm-hmm. It's a historic high outstripping even what China did in gold reserves. So why are these two countries stacking gold if it's not going to have some value? Right. You know, think, think about it. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, and to the people who who purchase, for example, silver at, I don't even know what it is now, but $30 an ounce, uh, hey, it's an even better buy at 18 or 20 You know, it's, as opposed to looking at it like, well, I just lost $10 an ounce by purchasing. Well, dollar cost averaging, you don't, you won't get hurt that way. And looking at the long term of, of that, again, the insurance, and whether it's food, um, you buy food, you're never going to lose it. You're going to eat it. Rotate your stock for crying out loud. Think, you know, and prepare because, boy, it, it amazes me when I, when I see this, when pictures of the storms, the, the the stores are always filled with last minute people clearing the shelves. I wouldn't want to be in that position. Yeah, I'm not going to get a can of Brussels sprouts in a rush. Molly's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Ollie's> favorite. <laughs> Hey, that's right. Uh, broccoli. I don't, I don't Anyway. Yeah, 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 I know. Anyway, uh, let's get on to this uh, flurry of uh, swarm of earthquakes over in New Guinea. Okay. Now, that's image 56. Click on that and, uh, and then enlarge it on your screen. Uh, looking at the bottom image uh, in green, which plots the earthquakes that occurred as aftershocks from a, a 7.5 that occurred there a few days ago. You'll see that there are 65 earthquakes that are greater than 4.5 in this image of New Guinea. Now, if you look at these uh, on Google Earth in this manner, you'll see that all the yellow dots where these things are are, you know, part of a ridge of mountains formed by volcanoes uh, along the middle of New Guinea. And then you scoot up to the top image, and you can see this better. You can see New Guinea is uh, kind of right in front of where the orange earthquakes are, and that long stretch of, of um, you know, islands and, and, and uh, mountain chains is all part of New Guinea. Now, I noticed something weird about this. When we've had uh, meteors or asteroids hit the Earth's surface way back in the days when the Earth's surface was pretty mushy, you know, and, and pliable, uh, like the, the band of sea to the left there, um, you see the group of white arrows on the left side of the screen. Those are pointing at where the the asteroid that hit the Earth in kind of a very shallow angle stopped after it had uh, pushed the lower half of India up into to make the Himalaya Mountains, and it created the the tsunamis around the planet and the flooding that was the flood of the Bible. Now that's where it stopped, and we notice from time to time uh, earthquakes occurring around the rim of where it stopped. Now I looked at this, and then I looked at New Guinea, and I looked off to the upper right there where you see. Uh, the Bismarck uh, Sea, I think it's called, where another group of white arrows are pointing to what looks like the end of an asteroid impact. I'm thinking that the asteroid that I thought stopped over in the Banda Sea may have actually gone underneath New Guinea because when I looked at the NASA figures for the bulge in the Earth, the bulge is on the other side of New Guinea, you know, into where that... Um, well, to the left of where the earthquakes are, but underneath both the earthquakes and what might be the uh, Bismarck Sea there. So it may have just 
been so shallow that it it hit the land, which was part of the Australia New Guinea landmass, and went underneath it in in the mantle, and then finally came to a stop over there. But that ridge, I still haven't figured out how that ridge formed from all these impacts. At least two of them here that I see, and possibly a third one out of the picture here. And uh, what this means then that we see an earthquake of this size along that ridge. Um, it, it lasted a long time, and that's what made me think, wait a minute, a 7.5 happens and you have 65 significant aftershocks and, and hundreds of smaller ones. It, it rang, it vibrated for a couple of days, like a thin area of the mantle. And that's what would happen if the asteroid that made the band of sea did slip underneath, you know, um, the uh, the New Guinea chain, uh, what would be the... Um, the oh, I can't even read that. The, the sea there between Australia and New Guinea went underneath that and clipped part of the of the craton away. And uh, you know, I think it weakened it, made it thin, so it's like a thin membrane, and it's vibrating so much from that earthquake. At least that's what I, you know, I, I felt, uh, you know, I, I surmised because of the number of aftershocks. And then if you go back back down to the bottom picture and look at that, uh, the, uh, the earthquakes there. You'll see uh, Doma Peak Volcano is 50 miles away. It's up there, the little yellow pin at the top. And between them is this depression that almost looks like a, um, a caldera itself, which does look like there was another asteroid that impacted here and shoved that mountain range up like that. Now, this is a closer view than you had in the top picture, but if you go to Google Earth and look at this yourself, you'll see that there's that little valley between Doma Peak Volcano and the earthquake that occurred at 7.6 or 5. And I, I can't... i got a question about think, that. When you're done, yeah. I've got a, a question about this slide. Okay. Can, I, right. can I ask it now or not? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So looking at that, you're stating that an asteroid struck and burrowed, I think is the term you used. Yeah. Looking at that, could it have hit and skipped? As opposed to burrowed. Um, possibly. Um, one of the things that I noticed is that this asteroid on the left, the, the Band of Sea one, as it traveled, it left a ridge of mountains and stuff behind it. So when you look at New Guinea, you ask yourself, is New Guinea part of the trail of either this asteroid that skipped or another asteroid you know because that long ridge of mountains and stuff there does kind of fit with the the path that a, a an asteroid would have made back then you know hitting the soft surface of the earth and shoving it i you know i did look at it uh, going over there and 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 leaving the planet but it may have lost enough energy on the band of sea side that as you say it, uh, or it even, went over or even fractured even fractured, perhaps part, or, or yeah, I'm just throwing that look. Well, I'm, and, I'm and even how, and and how many uh, asteroids were there in that group? Was it one with a piece that uh, came down at the same time, or just before it hit and it, it shoved up into the path? Mm. I don't know, but I know down at the tip of Argentina, there at the South Pole, um, you know, there there's a, a footprint down there they they formally recognized as a long time ago asteroid, and if you look at the the rim of that big dent that it made in the seabed like this the major earthquakes down in the, in the uh, south of uh, South America there, south of Argentina 
all occur along the push-up ridge that that thing made. And we do see a lot of those on the uh, the band of sea here in the arc on the left where the arrows are pointing. So that's what kind of tells me that we look for earthquake patterns in these areas. And, um, you know, from that we can kind of determine whether it was an asteroid impact or not. And then the trail behind it, it leaves it leaves these, you know, streaks of mountain ranges behind it. Um, fascinating stuff. Good stuff. One, yeah, one day, one day, modern times will catch up with this. But um, I've been debating this issue down in Australia, University down there of, of Australia, about w- that this asteroid path that made the band of sea was the one they were looking for that threw debris and you know, tectite uh, type glass beads and stuff into the west coast of Australia. They could find the asteroid. And I'm saying, look, here's it. Here it is. Here's where it went in over in the Indian Ocean. Here's where it stopped. It's the band of sea. And, you know, they just haven't come to grips with the fact that these are footprints of asteroid impacts. They're all over the planet. There's at least six or seven I've found. And I think I found another one over on the east coast of the United States down uh, from, you know, uh, New York area down in toward the, the uh, Georgia area. Uh, you know, I'm still working on that one, but I think there was an ancient uh, impact there, too. Hmm. Wow. Good stuff. Okay. As always. Mm. Wow. Okay, I'm going to we got to show. Okay. Uh, on, uh, this slide 57 is a short video by this guy named Eric uh, Berlin, uh, and he's on a, a website called A Big Think, and they, you know, they put... Uh, leading kind of philosophers and scientists and stuff on there and interview them about, you know, how things work and uh, the future. They do a lot of things on it. Now, uh, this guy's article or his, his, his uh, dissertation on the video was of special interest to me because he says gravity doesn't exist. He says it's not, uh, you know, a, uh, a lost uh, force of nature. It is because of very fine particles, you know, the subparticles that make up the universe, and these particles, by their movement, create the illusion of gravity, which is exactly what I've been saying when I talk about gravity being a vortexual flow, you know, a spin in the fluid of space. And here's another uh, scientist, uh, you know, saying the same thing. And uh, anyway, it's it's worth looking at. Well, one do. last. Yeah. Okay, now then, down at um, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a fun thing is a slide fifteen fifty one where you go to the article on the the big strata launch uh, aircraft that Paul Allen, who co-founded Microsoft with Bill Gates, has uh, built at one of the companies that he set up, uh, you know, an aerospace company that he owns. And when you look at it, you're looking at something that's 385 feet across from wingtip to wingtip. You can see in the, in the photos if you slide down the article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and uh, there are, you know, if you click the text beneath that slide, you can probably get to the article as well and see that there again. It shows you how big it is and if you scroll down in the article you'll get to a color diagram. Can you get to that article in yours or not? Uh, let's see here. Well, we're, you know, well, we're, we're right about the end of the show. Oh, uh, Alright, well, okay. Next we're gonna, time. We're going to just real quick, uh, I think Eric, yeah, there it is. There's the article. Okay, scroll, scroll down more, more, more and stop right there and that shows you there the kind of uh, khaki colored thing I think was the spruce goose that uh, Howard Hughes built and this is even bigger than that 385 feet across they're going to fly that to take loads up into orbit that looks crazy 
Amazing. Big, big. <laughs> well, you always astound us, especially uh, what a glorious ending to that, uh, to, to, to your episode. This is fantastic. Sam, thank you so much. It's thank always a pleasure to have you. Uh, all right, my brother. We're out of time, folks. That was the Hagman Report. Uh, Stan Dale, com. Uh, fantastic as always. I, I don't have a clock or something. I'm not looking at the... Uh, all right, <laughs> folks, good night. Have a great night. Tomorrow, Thank you for watching. 9 o'clock tomorrow.